I mean, we can start off with just letting the crowd know, Joe, maybe, maybe open with this because we sure. discussed this. This podcast is not designed to be a, a like quick and easy TikTok style fucking pod. Where if no. this lasts four hours, <laughs> that's fine. The whole that's point the, of this is to throw it on when you're fucking snow blowing, when you feel like watching something at work, whenever, like, and then over the course of a couple of days, you can do that. Cause every time that I watch a podcast that isn't Joe Rogan or something that isn't long, I'm sad it's over and I'm in the mood for nothing else. Cause I want to listen to I'm like, and they're like, they're like, all right, people are hating. We're going on so long. And I'm always in my headphones going, no, I'm not keep talking. This is great. I want yeah, more I, of this. I, I could listen to most people for a long time. It's not and a long TV show. I that... want more of your conversation. Yeah, I'm a I always walk. break, I always break it up into a couple of days. I'll there like, you go. Yeah. that's the point. Yeah. Cause yeah. you've got seven days to listen to this before the next one. And sometimes 14, sometimes 21, but uh, most of the time it's seven. Plus on the seven, um, and the, you know it's like, you know, say your drive to work is thirty minutes. It'll take you a couple of days every thirty minutes oh, to and yep. from work. There, to listen your, to this, and that's what drive. I look forward to. It's like it's designed to be that way because I not because of anything. Not the intention is is that me and Joe both do this. I listen to podcasts over days, just like you, Veg. Uh, I was gonna say Vedran. <coughs> Holy work, Jesus! <laughs> I said, Brendan. Brendan and Vedran like the same number of letters. My coworker's name is Vedran. Um, but it's designed to be exactly that like i don't want to listen to a 45 minute stuff you should know podcast unless i'm trying to get educated we're here to yeah, and it's 20 minutes of commercials room. anyways get over yourself you shit yeah exactly so you guys get it but that's what it is it's yeah, like i'll we're cut not that taking... in dylan for sure because that needs to be said i mean i yeah. don't need to be said but i think it should be said where it's like a lot of our viewers they're, they're they're wonderful people who love us and they just are not used to listening to podcasts they're like this should be a five-minute YouTube video. It's like, it, that's not really what we're doing here. We're, we're having a conversation, and you, if you have it cut down to 30 seconds at a time, yeah. it's a joke or a weird splash page of us saying something weird or insane. That's really not what it is. It's, it's a full conversation. If you cut out one part of it, yeah, you're missing the context. Yep. Like If you just heard me talking about um, a woman with rings all over her face, you'd be like, oh, that's interesting, but what the fuck am I talking about? Move on and forget about context. it. Like It wouldn't yeah. be... You know, like it's it's the whole fly in the wall concept that you know it's not meant to be digested in five minutes. No, it's like, hey, I just yeah. want like like my thing is like you know whether it's work, travel, relationships, food, whatever you do in a day, snow blowing, like one guy said, whatever it is, it really sometimes is massively comforting. Like I don't love flying. I fucking love flying, and I love airplanes, but I don't love flying. Since I hate it. I throw I on podcasts it. when I, I fly because I go, hey, it feels like I'm listening to just people as a fly on the wall. Right. And I feel like yep. I'm part of just normal part people of a conversation. talking about normal things in a normal environment, aka their bedrooms or offices or kitchens or whatever, not off, like home or offices. Or all of the above in this case. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so that's the whole point is that like, yeah, we're not a YouTube video like for we're on youtube we're also we're not YouTube. no one has a gun in one's head saying just sit here and listen to this for four hours straight. <laughs> this isn't a movie either so yeah. it's like it's like all the above of like yeah it's just throw it on when you can watch and listen enjoy and and separate yourself from reality through this fuck yeah well that's the opener Don't, Don't put, put your, your face, face first. first.
Here we go. All right, meatballs. Welcome back to the Dylan Joe Basement Podcast. We're Dylan and Joe. Joe, say hi to everyone. Hello, everybody. I'm looking at you through my third eye. The third eye, baby. We have a special guest today. It's Petra. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Along with Petra, though, we have a long-awaited guest. We've been highly anticipating his arrival. He's been a big fan of the podcast, a big supporter. We appreciate his support and his listenership and his viewership. And we finally get him on. That is the very one and only Sarge, a.k.a. Brendan Collins. Say hi to the folks, would you? Hello, folks. Um, yeah, I've been uh, I've been personally researching this uh, podcast episode for quite some time. Um, it's uh, been quite the journey, and I'm only at the beginning part of this. I mean, there's so much more I want to know about our category tonight, which I'll let, I'll let Joe announce that one. Absolutely. I would say there's a metaphor in there somewhere, but the whole thing's a metaphor. And it is. It is. I mean, is it a metaphor or is it a joke? <laughs> is it a cosmic joke? It could be a cosmic joke, because I tell you what, it was damn funny if, if it was a cosmic <laughs> joke. Yes, sir. Yes, Dylan, you want to tell the folks what we're talking about today? Yeah, definitely. Uh, today we're talking about the spirit molecule, yeah. which is also known as DMT, and DMT is short for dimethyl tryptamine. There we go, guys. That's what we're talking about today. The ins and outs, the experiences, the who, what, when, where, why, you know, the journalism questions about what the hell's going on with this stuff. Yeah, so we brought in, we brought in one of our experts here. We already introduced Brendan. Um, just, just in case you guys need to know, Brendan, aka Sarge, cooks uh, a really fucking mean breakfast. Oh, Is that you. right? Brendan? Oh yeah, yeah. You guys, yeah. yeah, you used to cook breakfast. You used when you came over. Yeah, I think he cooks a meaner dinner, but I'll, I'll be dude, ready. that was like a lifetime ago. <laughs> it's, uh, mean breakfast from two thousand and eight. It's been yeah, uh, that's a long time ago. Been a while, but that was a damn good breakfast. So just shout out to your uh, to your breakfast. So Thanks. it's been a thousand lifetimes ago. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> so so DMT. So <coughs> raise your hand if you or uh, give a shout out if you've uh, done DMT today. Oh, not, not today. today. But <laughs> nah, I didn't do it today. Uh, not today. No, I was thinking about it though, but I was like, nah. To all the fans on the pod, uh, raise your hands there at home. Here. Yeah, yeah. Today, raise your hand if you've done DMT. My hand is um, <clears throat> it's not raised, but I've been around it. But uh, we've got experts on today who are gonna. We'll get into it, but we've all been it. around it, yeah. whether we like it or not. Maybe not. Yeah, it, it, it's, everywhere. it's everywhere. I mean, you pro- you probably have um, experienced it, uh, Dylan, if you've ever had a lucid dream. I, I am okay. a weird. Weird, you say that. I um have i took so i was prescribed a drug in middle school uh that was a cyclic antidepressant which is one of the early synthesized um drugs that they used to give people for depression for whatever reason in middle school that wasn't my problem but they gave me it and it was called amitriptyline and yep and since then so it's been 15 plus arguably almost 20 years I lucid dream every single day. And I remember dreams that I've had 
from 10 years ago like they were yesterday and i have like a whole memory bank of loose of, of dreams the theory gift. is though when you especially when you lucid dream the dmt your dnt is produced by your own body it's endogenous it's mm -hmm. produced your lungs your liver your pituitary glands your third eye so mm -hmm. sometimes you, you get a little too much it drips a little too much in your brain and you lose a dream is what the wow. theory is yeah no yeah so, yeah every every day and i i've done a i started writing my dreams down and i read them the next day i'm like that is because i don't remember all of them but i wake up yep. going like i could repeat this over the course of an hour and it would just start to make sense to, to people but it's yep. wild and i even um <clears throat> i first noticed this because i would read newspapers and dictionaries and books in my dreams and i'd wake up and write it down and i don't speak that fucking well and i don't know that much information right. it's like a part no, something here. oh come on you know you're I, I mean, yourself uh, short. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not i'm not like uh like one of those old um judges from the 1600s with the white hair in a courtroom not my skill <laughs> never happened <laughs> well, I but in dreams order. in dreams i can read things that are written in the most pure english ever like a dictionary it's so strange that is wild because yeah. for most people they can't actually read in their dreams it's just an approximation of words some people report when they look at books and dreams it just says gobbledygook like your brain yeah. had formed the entire experience but forgot to put the details in yeah, no, not for me. I read. I'm, I'm like awake, dreaming, reading something, and I'm like, this is absolutely nuts. I could never say this. Like, yeah, so like DM, DMT is just like that times a thousand. I've heard. <laughs> well, we're going to get into it. Let me yeah. just give a quick, boring uh, Joe introduction to what actually it is that we're talking about today. This particular substance. It's interesting that Dylan brought up antidepressants because a lot of antidepressants have a very similar molecular makeup to dmt the strange part about chemicals is that we talked about in the past it's basically just a bunch of shapes it's like connects or lego blocks they all fit in certain ways and of course there is nearly infinite combinations of these blocks but they fit in similarly and some chemicals are so similar they almost fit into the same spot over and over again molecules like serotonin, which is also naturally produced in the body and is a major part of brain function, a lot of antidepressants will be a facsimile of that in order to get the brain jump started and be back to a healthy function and uh, a happier function of life. And DMT, that molecule fits in the very same way as any of those chemicals. So it latches into that particular part of your brain and it's psychoactive in a way that serotonin, melatonin, and the thing that Dylan said aren't quite as good at ripping it out of you as that is. So I wanted to start out, but what I think that DMT is from a quote from a person named Andrew Gallimore. Andrew Gallimore is a chemist, a neuroscientist, and a self-described DMT expert because the amount of times that he's uh, interviewed people, the amount of times that he's done the particular chemical, and he, he voices it as this. It is the substance with it, when you ingest it within 30 seconds, the normal consensus of reality is torn apart and replaced with a reality altogether stranger, a bizarre land of hyperdimensional alien being eager to communicate with you. And I thought that was a fun way to kind of lay the groundwork for what we're that's, talking about today. Nice. That's, yeah. <clears throat> that's where it's one of the things that I want to talk about with DMT because, um, what I've noticed, because I've like researched a lot of other people's DMT trips and what they saw, and 
about 80% of what they're talking about, you can just throw out the window because it's not what I saw. It was my, I found a couple of videos that were very similar to mine, but the majority of them, nothing like my DMT when I broke through my breakthrough DMT trip. Yeah. That is nothing. the strange part so, about it though, right? Is that yeah. And that is you can have similar experiences, even though they're completely separate people where a lot of other um, psychotropic drugs, it's a completely personal experience where there's some similarities um, but they're only similar in like the outside, like there's fractals and there's certain, right. Things. But DMT is a particular experience where people have almost identical experiences without ever meeting each other or experiencing the same life together. Right. Which is very strange. But when I did have my breakthrough, it was, it, I couldn't find anybody on YouTube who was like doing their live DMT trip and telling them what, what, what they saw and stuff. I, yeah. I went through about 50 of them and not one of them had a single thing that I experienced. And I'm like, what, what, what did I, did I do something wrong? You know, but there is no way you can do it wrong. It's an individual kind of thing. It's like, yeah. I mean, that's why they call it the spirit mo molecule. Cause like the theory is, is like, there's something bigger out there and this is the way we connect. Um, they say two times in your life, when you're born, you experience DMT. And when you die, you experience DMT, the white light. The white light is what I saw um, when I broke through. Um, yeah. well, I, I want to hear about the whole thing. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, so, but it's weird. Like, it, it can be everybody's uh, experience is, is a little, you know, it doesn't have to be like 80% of the people because it's an internal kind of thing expanding outward. So it, you can go anywhere. Absolutely. I thought worth mentioning just to further define it uh, before we move on to the stories and the tales about everything is that much like you mentioned earlier, it is found inside the human body and is produced by multiple parts and found in the pineal gland, which yep. as far as we understand in the brain is a tricky thing is we'll, I'm sure we'll get into in this podcast. It's still it's a mystery tricky. to a lot of people yeah, yep. our advanced technology. There's still so much we don't know. And it's so hard to really crack it open and ask it. Elon, Elon will figure it out for us. You get the Neuralink <laughs> to figure it all out. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's, it's found in over 60 varieties of plants and it's found in maybe every vertebrate animals uh, brain yep. and body, which is strange to me that even, you know, uh, a little raccoon or a squirrel would have a DMT in, in there. A squirrel, a squirrel, you say. A squirrel. <laughs> or a light. Or a hawk, even. Uh, but yeah, oh, more precisely, a German hawk. Oh, a German hawk. <laughs> so yeah, and Sorry, I digress. It's also the uh, the main ingredient in ayahuasca, which more people might have heard stories about ayahuasca yep. and DMT. I mean, maybe not nowadays, but growing up, I never even heard of DMT, but I had heard of ayahuasca, ayahuasca. because it's such an uh, an old and ancient and tribal chemical. Basically, what that mixture is is a, <coughs> a, a mashed up tea mixture that has the active ingredient DMT in it. The rest of the ingredients in ayahuasca are just to change the chemical makeup of the mixture. So DMT breaks down in your body rapidly. Your body is so good at breaking it down that it's almost impossible to take enough of it to actually harness the effects of it. I find that fascinating that somehow in the whole, it's like you can't just do it whenever you want. Like no, your you body is like, no, this is reserved for special occasions yeah, it's death. almost like you're exactly. built to as like a safety like an airbag where as soon as you're taken exactly off, you go, nope, yep isn't that crazy yeah i think i think that's just nuts it drives me makes me very thought thoughtful about what what's going on yeah so when you take that particular dmt along with 
monomine oxidase inhibitor, which is what the other plants they put in the mixture, instead of your body breaking it down, it lets it circulate and keep attaching to your brain. So that's why an ayahuasca trip can last for hours and hours, even though it's- Yeah, I don't think I could ever do an ayahuasca trip. It would take me some <laughs> some serious training to, to get to eight hours because that, yeah. be, that might They're, just be too intense. Right, whereas, whereas a DMT trip lasts from two to five and maybe a maximum 10 minutes, really. Mm -hmm. not, not much longer than that because your body's immediately breaking it down as soon as it, it's activated. Yep. So uh, yeah, that, that's all I got for the, for the boring part. Interesting. So Joe, just to clarify people. So I know, um, <clears throat> for those of those people who don't know, I know a lot about drugs, but about pharmaceutical drugs. Yeah. Definitely one of my side uh, side specialties that uh, I don't make use to make extra money. Um, no. But <laughs> MAO, MAO, just a casual fan. Not casual fan, casual fan. MAOIs are, um, speaking of antidepressants, they're another form of antidepressant. And they are not prescribed very often because of the, it, it's a weird one. They're incredibly effective at, at treating like um, to, uh, 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 chemical resistant or whatever what you call it, drug resistant, um, depressive disorder or something like what, and whatever, MDD, whatever they call it. Um, be, I don't but, know. Yeah, I, guess. I don't know. Like um, sometimes people can't take enough drugs to not be depressed, which is a weird thing. Um, that, that sucks. I mean, yeah, a lot of things horrible. that suck about life, but you mean, there are people that have taken enough drugs to get rid of depression. <laughs> yeah, Whew, it's crazy. got dealt a bad hand there. Yep. But M yeah, exactly. But MAOIs are something that they would, they really resist um, giving patients just because they're, they're as a really high risk for dependency, like very high, like opioid high. Sure. Um, so it's a last I'm resort, not... <laughs> but it works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's still, I mean, who knows, but it's supposedly it's like great time. It's like ecstasy, but lower, like more stable. Um, but you um, just like kind of how they're doing ketamine trials and psilocybin trials and LSD trials for people with depression, as opposed to going on traditional drugs. Right. And they hallucinogenic uh, uh, substances. Yeah. There is a, yeah. uh, there is a uh, publicly traded stock company called MindMed that started they've been doing the psychos the psilocybin trials for a couple of years now um basically found out that the psilocybin and hallucinogenic hallucinogenic rewire your brain and that's why yeah. it is so helpful and they actually started doing the dmt trials six months ago you it's know awesome. appro approved by the government kind of trials kind honestly of thing, which, it's it's about time um for those yeah. in particular i mean we'll obviously mm -hmm. get into it i know i'm gonna keep saying that but like the idea that they are classified as the same um, category as heroin and uh, crack cocaine and methamphetamine, but uh, not, but not, but not fentanyl though. Fentanyl is not a Schedule One drug anymore. So <laughs> it, go, go figure that one out. But I don't want to go. That's a that's a whole different podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I'll, but yeah, it's it's just wild to to say that it's it's yep. Schedule One. As far as I don't know about each country has their own classification. I mean, the UK, NATO, yep. whatever, Turkey, I say the UN. Uh, they all have different ideas about it, but in the U.S., Schedule One drug is listed as has no medical benefit whatsoever, which means it just gets you fucked up and gets people killed. So we're talking about like hardcore narcotics, like methamphetamine, for example. There's no medicinal value at all, nothing to be learned. You can't even test it scientifically because it's so illegal. Yep. Which marijuana is also on that list. But the craziest thing about this, so yeah, marijuana is federally on that list. And then right. you said methamphetamine is, which is the craziest thing because um, <clears throat> I have Adderall prescribed. I actually hate it. I've only taken yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Particularly methamphetamine, not all amphetamines, because a lot I of know, amphetamines but, but are My bottle illegal. just says amphetamine, and methamphetamine was 
um, was prescribed at certain times, and it's it's not really any different. Like if you look at the it's molecule the itself, chemical, it's yeah. the same damn thing. And they're like, oh, this one has no be- medical benefits, but this one does. Adderall is like my first time taking Adderall. I was blown away at why they give this to kids. Mm. <laughs> it's like this now they're is- trying to unring that bell after 20 years of giving it to every child who couldn't pay attention in school, which is yeah. what every child can't do because school's boring as shit exactly yeah no i'm like this is insane like as an adult i take i have like the smallest dose and like i i took it a couple months ago just because i wanted to do something and i'm like it's the one thing that you really have that's like this is you feel like you did drugs like it's unbelievably powerful and terrifying at the same time it's like they give this to people and this is legal but other things aren't to children my and to children like this would like make you brain fried type of drug you know Mm mm-hmm it's weird. It's crazy. So crazy. yeah. So MAOIs, yeah. It's I don't really know who's getting access to MAOIs. Combine them with, you know, DMT. But that is one yeah. form of delivery. Well, yeah, Speaking of delivery, just, um, I mean, while we're on the topic of like things and DMT and stuff, um, there's a couple ways you can do DMT. So yeah, sure is. Um, uh, according to uh, what I've got in front of me, there's the traditional ways, and there's also like rectally and intravenous. Well, uh, no, you can, yeah, you that's can it. You can all these things but brendan uh and joe uh, what's the preferred way to do dmt if you're going to go do a dmt what um, do you do i think the way that most people have done it in the past you know 20 30 years is to take the powder and light it on fire to the point that it ignites and then you inhale the well see that's what that, that that i'm that's uh, that false information uh you don't want to actually light the crystal on fire you want to melt the crystal because if you burn it, you're burning away all the stuff. That's why ah. if, if you sandwich it with some tobacco or herb or marijuana, you put a little little marijuana on the bottom, a little bunch of the crystal, and then more marijuana on top. And you just want to gently light that top. You just want to get that cherry going. Kind of like an oven. You're just trying to make it. Right. So as the heat is drawn down, it melts the DMT, and then it vaporizes kind of thing. I see. Yeah, because wow. if you if you burn it straight with – that's why a lot of people will do it with the oil pipe because you want to do it from the – but you don't want to have it on direct flame. You just want to make it liquid and then vaporize. Which is yeah. why I think the preferred way to do it now, I mean, at least the way that I tried it, <laughs> is to actually use a vaporizer pen. Vaporizing pen, all the yep. work for you by using technology. That's why mm, it's first yep. century. More controlled. So yep. uh, I want to get to the meat and bones this quick, but we, uh, we Joe, we should cover <coughs> a few more things on the background. Sure. Um, specifically, uh, just about like when when was this synthesized in a lab, and the, really the history of it, and maybe maybe I don't know, Brendan. I mean, maybe this is a good time we start with, you know, in 1931, chemist Richard Helmuth Frederick Mansky or Manska, probably Manska because it's in Germany. Manska. Um, yeah. So he was uh, he was 30 years old when he synthesized DMT. Um, Damn. What do we do this year? Yeah, right. Um, And that's one of the things he first did. And then it it seems like it was kind of piggybacked on by a bunch of people, like a Brazilian chemist and microbiologist, Oswaldo. Yep. Yep. Our friend uh, Goncalves de Lima. I'm sorry if I'm ruining everyone's name. But that's a a 15-year gap right there. Like the guy did it and like nobody like was like, yeah, whatever. What like we have no interest in that. Uh, if only he could have shown them the way. So the German right. guy, no one liked, or the Brazilian guy, I never thought was boring. The was German that? guy, because it was 1931. 
Um, Ooh, interesting time to be a German scientist. In about five <laughs> years, we have a different project for you. Yeah. Yeah. Also interesting. Now, I know that you guys are going to understand this um, and everybody will. Interesting time to do DMT too. Like not <laughs> war aside and everything else, just everything aside. Just the time. Yeah. Just 1930. I'm just saying 1931. Yeah. No what part of the world you're in is I know DMT brings you completely to a separate place. So it really doesn't matter whether it's 501 1931 well i don't know if it, if you saw the stuff i saw in 501 it would be way more intense because at least we have like all this new technology that like is yeah. what in 501 they would be like that's impossible i only see that when i'm on gmt but we already see it so we're already at the next level above that yeah kind of thing you know yeah. oh, that's, we also have the explanation that's actually, that's for why we're feeling I, that way sorry yeah, i was gonna say that is a good point because you do have the world around you and everything else so that is that is interesting but uh 1931 weird weird time to be thinking of people like i think of like my For grandparents sure. and they're not doing even smoking weed you know barely yeah but the uh as waldo the lima guy he found out about the dmt from a um uh what does it say south, south american shaman who already oh, had okay. the already had the high ayahuasca knowledge because that shit is centuries decades oh, yeah. old yeah. like nobody knows when it started that's how old it is right that's the interesting um, part that someone would synthesize it in brazil but people right at their doorstep had been making had been do, yep in the amazon years, just like years years. yeah for like since they fucking crawled from out of the caves maybe they were doing it in the caves who yeah. knows and ayahuasca yeah, just not- a quick aside isn't the only version of it the other version is to take uh the seeds of the calcium tree and you crush up the seeds that have the same active chemical. And they built a basically a blow dart straw that has a fork end. <laughs> yep. Put it up your nose, and the other person would put it in their mouth, and then you go, and they blow and it right blow into it up in there. Yeah, that's gonna, gotta hurt. Beautiful picture of that that we're we're showing right now, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite pictures ever. It's a dude. They squat down. It's like a six foot pole. Yeah. You Crazy. squat down and you put up your nose, and another dude blows it in your nose, and then those people <laughs> yeah. just go wild i saw i watched a documentary on that or it was also in it wasn't an apocalypta they call it something different um no matter where you live because it's so prevalent across the entire continent but mostly south america but just wild shit yeah yeah exactly but it wasn't just south america as we'll get into where yeah which this stuff was going on at the same time from all around the world which just leads me to believe like other in, topics like the aliens. in my new yeah. favorite conspiracy theory of an ancient civilization because there's no yeah. way that they knew about it and they knew about it at the same time by coincidence it aligns and, with the well, i wouldn't say there's no way but that's what this podcast is all about. No, no there's no way <laughs> impossible there's so, none so brendan um how far back will start us off because we know that you got the history in front of you dating back to day one which could be ten thousand. Uh, i mean the the first i got is uh, years ago. it could we be before the big bang for all we know uh 2130 bc uh dmt dmt found in a hollow puma bone pipe so right. wow. a, a puma pipe so that's uh you know so not only did they do dmt uh Four thousand years ago they had to kill a mountain lion to do it that's some pretty badass yeah crazy. puma so um like uh when was 2130 bc what was going around that time i'm, I'm not good at math uh egypt the, was yeah, already egypt. building the uh great pyramid all right that's that's cool yeah so we know it goes that's pretty much there's not much history of the world before you know before that time 
There's not much written language before then. Right. But um, uh, the acacia tree, um, which is native to Africa. Um, it's also like the acacia tree is also found in many hier hieroglyphs in the tombs. So mm -hmm. that is an important tree. Um, is the a lot DMT. Is the acacia tree the burning bush as well from the Bible? Could be, could be. That's, that's where that's where the Jewish religion came from. Moses went up and saw this tree burning, and then he inhaled a bunch of DMT, yeah. and he he had this big trip, and he comes down because DMT, whatever you see, or whatever, when it's all done, it does rewire your brain. Like you feel totally different. Hmm. Like you feel so more much, or I, me personally, so much more in tune with what is around you, and you you feel more a part of the collective than just being. I'm here in my little house, and this is my little spot here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> you're frozen, friend. Yep, I might have just lost him for a second, but um, oh. oh, he's back. So oh, you're back. Oh, yeah. keep going on. Yep. Yeah. So um, I broke in him high. I forgot what I was saying. Yeah, the acacia tree. The, yeah, there's a hypothesis that that might have been the burning bush. Is actually bush, correct? Yes, because the acacia tree is why. is high in DMT. It has a high content of DMT in it, yeah. and it's very uh, prevalent. Along with um, not just the acacia tree in the hieroglyphs, but it's always very close to the eye of Horus, which is depicted as the third eye, the pineal gland. So there's a little connection there, which is also um, referred to as the seat of the soul. So that's where you get the whole spirituality of it, where your soul gets released out of your body into whatever is out there, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's interesting. Even all ancient texts all around the world, uh, people, it's almost like an inherent human feeling to decide where the soul and the body are. And many cultures have separated them. Like the soul is you and the body is just your body. Your soul yeah. lives on after you die. And people often depict the body as the heart. That's where you live and die. The heart. Die, right. Yeah. Because when the heart stops, that's when you're excited. And yeah. Yep. And when the heart stops, you're dead. But people all over the world have very, for a very long time, have pictured the soul as being inside your head, behind your eyes, the person you are. Your mm -hmm. heart is your body and your soul is in your head, which we now know, um, at least I understand as to be your brain, your psyche. Yep. Which, the Hindus you know, feel like it is the soul because that's who you are and who you are sometimes doesn't feel like you're right behind your eyes or that you are your toes or you are your knees you are something beyond that and that's the idea of the soul which gets tapped into pretty closely when you are experiencing things like a, a dmt trip it's like the hindus that's the sixth chakra the, yeah. the third eye so yeah the hindus which um if I if memory serves me correct, I think the Hindus actually come slightly before the Egyptians. The, like, the writings are, are around the same time they're dated for those. The stories, I should say, the actual writings themselves are, are well after that, the, but they think right, the stories the date stories back were, to right, that time. Correct. And they were first put in put on stone or in writing well after that, but they had been around uh, yep. longer. Yeah. So what do you guys think about um the uh, the the theory that so we were Neanderthals and Homo sapiens and we were only Homo sapiens. No, no, no. My twenty three and me says that I'm Neanderthal. So 
What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. I'm sure some Neanderthals uh, got jiggy. Yeah, I mean, there is, a, there is a theory that some of that happened, you know? And, uh, I understand, but people often think that it's like the evolutionary tree is like that picture of people for going from a chimpanzee. Yeah, going, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. We no, didn't they come were, from Neanderthals. We were their cousins, and sometimes the cousins got Alabama style, and they got yeah. close, but yeah. our ancestors were always homo sapien. They weren't, so Neanderthals didn't turn my, into my people. people there, my people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't mean to. I don't mean to talk smack, but <laughs> just, just to clarify, Neanderthals didn't turn into people. They were alive at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, I got my lips from them, so I don't want to upset anyone. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, well, yeah, you're a lucky man. I know. Yeah. So, but there is a thing that um, you know the whole ape, monkey, Neanderthal, Homo sapien situation, whatever. Um, that these people started getting into spirit molecules mm. and the that's stoned ape made theory, I think it's called. the brain right made the brain go from the reptilian brain to the next part that brings you all the way frontal cortex was introducing molecules that connect things and help tissue do its stuff what do you guys think plausible interesting i don't think it's plausible at all um i think it's an interesting yeah, I'm, idea I'm more I'm more in tune of the the protein diet is what expands. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I don't think that that taking a a molecule is going to change your genetic makeup. Especially, you could take all the drugs you want, but um, your kid's not going to have that in you unless you take it while you're pregnant with them. In which case, they will. So be careful, folks. Mm. Uh, But (laughs) basically, I I believe that it. it, There's many theories of why our brains uh, grew that way and developed the frontal lobe and our understanding of of nature. I don't think it's out of the question that many of those people would you know, ingest substances like that, either voluntarily or by accident, and they could form neural pathways that could form new ideas and change the, you know, future of society. Like I had this idea and I never thought of it before. It opened places in my mind I could never dream of. And now I'm going to implement this idea and teach my kids about it. But I don't think that those ideas physically change the structure of the human mind. I don't think that you could take all the drugs in the world. You're not going to get a bigger brain. I protein agree. diet does sound closer. I don't know if Sergeant you wanted to dive into that at all, but yeah, that seems to be the. No, I pretty much agree with yeah. It's the the protein diet that helps your your brain grow and expand. It's a physical it's, process. It's, yeah, not Why a, isn't uh, lions and uh, carnivores. Tigers and bears. Yeah, tigers and bears and. Well, let's not forget they, one single individual can't change the genetic makeup of an entire species. Yeah. <laughs> what you're trying to say is that right now you're not seeing any half ape, half human. What, converting at, as we speak there's no you can convert- eat as much protein as you want you're you're not going to get a, a bigger brain yourself it says a bigger brain on average over thousands of generations based on their diets so i don't think that the the brain actually changed shape based on the diet but when the brain is is genetic mutation and they form in different ways if you can feed that and you can procreate more because you're smarter and more developed and you're your whole family can keep reproducing because you can survive and overcome then generations from now will have larger brains and more developed brains um which obviously died out in the year uh 1900 where, where people started becoming stupid again <laughs> this is definitely a good point but boy do i love me so it's great um, <laughs> it's today. so your body likes it your body knows what it wants yeah. So, what do you guys think about a quick pee break, and then we get into the meat of this whole situation here? Sounds good. All right, All right. Let's do it.
Balls were back again, and we're actually getting into the steak and potatoes of this episode. It's here. It's time. User experiences with what we're talking about, DMT spirit molecule. Brendan, open us up. What is going on so with cool. this? This is, I mean, you've been, you've been dying. We've had to stop you 15 times yeah. now. It's time to shine, man. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've been, uh, I thought about doing this for, I mean, it wasn't uh, the decision I took lightly. I, I thought about it and a it lot. Should not like, be taken lightly. Yeah, like, I thought about it a lot for like at least three months of like really thinking about yeah. it, and then uh, and doing a little bit of research. But when I finally decided that yeah, this is what I want to do, I did more and more research. So I wanted to know what I was getting into, and none of it really mattered because once you do it, it doesn't matter what you know. It's all you know, the window. Because um, it, it's such an unexpected. It's kind of like you were saying, Dylan. It's like a dream. It's hard to remember, but when you're, when you're in it, it, it just envelops you. But, um, so yeah, uh, the first time I took it, I did not break through, um, which I would have to say recommending if anybody else wants to try this, I'm not saying that you should or you shouldn't, um, recommending it, but if you make the decision, that's all. Yeah. Take it slow. Um, build yourself up. Cause then like it, the, the breakthrough will be more enjoyable. It'll be. Hmm. it'll be i want i don't want to say less intense because it's super intense but um but so you yeah, have that, a firm grasp of it i mean i think that it, it going into any psychoactive drug yeah because you like it, what you're going into is a huge to have no idea and then all of a sudden it hits you and it's like yeah. not what i expected sometimes can be a little scary and intense it's like the difference in someone like dosing you without you knowing and being like mm -hmm. i'm going insane this is terrifying yep. and actively taking a drug and saying i know what i'm in for here i don't know exactly what's going to happen but i can always remember why am i feeling this way because i took this thing and i'm going to be okay and everything's fine and and yep. it helps to have a good environment around you and people around you that you trust and it makes it a much better experience i just want to say that as a qualifier yep. totally. yeah which is what i didn't do i did it all by myself the first time <laughs> <laughs> no you had uh, your dogs there to, to bark yeah bark. so yeah it was uh it was uh one night and then i was just sitting there dogs were all quiet i'm like I, you know what i'm gonna do it so um i turned off all the lights and i just sat and kind of you know meditated a little bit and not like you know ohm deep meditation but i just sat there didn't close my eyes or anything i just sat in there in the, the dim Clean light your and, mind yeah just like calm my whole self down um and uh yeah then i did it and um it was uh as soon as i closed my i mean once you take it once you get that second hit in you and you're holding it for as long as you can you can start feeling it and um like all the the youtube videos that i've seen they're like do it with someone else because you're gonna need that third hit to break through and sometimes your body just doesn't want you know you because it, it it's almost like you're falling asleep but you can just feel it and you just get yeah your body gets heavy but not like heavy to the point where it's like, oh, I can't keep my arms up. They just go right down. Falling asleep um, is a good way to put it. Where like, you know, like uh, it's like being put under. Yeah. Where, like you don't have any control over it, but it feels like peaceful. And you're like, I'm just kind of like relinquishing my uh, physical yep. control of myself here. Yeah, it's weird. Quick question. Um, so is the DMT that you do to have an experience? Because <clears throat> I know like a lot of drugs and chemicals, what they do is they... Um, so like marijuana, you get the effects because THC itself releases chemicals. It's not the THC that's making you do things. Right. It's releasing chemicals you already have. So is, is vaping, cause I know you vape it, mm -hmm. THC 
uh, sorry, um, DMT making your pineal gland release more DMT or no, actually putting DMT in you your putting DMT yeah. into your system. Oh, okay. All right. But it's you're, and that's the same receptors that it would be naturally producing your brain, but you're, you're physically, um, entering your body with it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, uh, the rule of thumb, I guess, is you want to do at least 50 milligrams, um, of it to be able to break through. Yeah, the three hits thing is what you said. Yeah, I kept reading too. Is that you, like and and like Joe said earlier, it's uh it can go anywhere from like two to ten minutes. It's like your body gets rid of it so fast. That's why when you when you do inhale it, they say try to hold it in for at least fifteen seconds, but hold it in for as long as you can, yeah. so your body can like it's got like it soaks it up real quick. It's already trying to get rid of it as soon as you yeah. Because so um, there was another person that I did it with um. And I had him remind because he was kind of like taking his time after like the first one. I'm like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get it in. You gotta go. You got, you can't wait. You gotta get yeah. it in fast. Get it fast. Um, because that's the uh, the whole trick to it. Get it all in as fast as you can and hold it for as long as you can. You just want to like get in there because as soon as your body do it, it's just like bam, bam, bam. Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. Yeah, but which um, is, you know, which is wild because it's such a crazy experience. But and like yeah. maybe it's for the best that your body tries to metabolize it so fast. Yeah, I mean, like if it wasn't, bag. if it wasn't, if it was like a longer thing, it would be like uh, Inception, you know, where everybody's yeah, like, no, they come, they come oh, here God, to. I hope not. They come here to <laughs> they wake, up. To wake up. Yeah, yeah that kind of thing. You <laughs> they know, don't come here to go to sleep. They come here to wake up. No, Inception would be fine if it wasn't the plot of Inception. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's got his wife or his, yeah, his wife who's fucked up and hates him because he keeps doing that. Like, yep. It was actually like a pleasant dream. It'd be like, yeah. oh, that sounds kind of cool. Well, that's the idea yep. of those people in that scene is that they literally <laughs> hook up to the Inception device just so they can choose what happens in their dreams voluntarily. Right. And yeah. I mean, it's almost like a virtual reality sense where like, I understand there's like this this hard knocks way of like it's the real world it's worth more because our whole lives things that are real are worth more than fakes things but yep. when your mind cannot discern what's real and what is false and you can make a false reality which seems as real <coughs> as real things are but it's so much more pleasant who are you to tell them otherwise as he right. says yeah so um so let's get back to hey. uh, to the to the whole experience so like what what are my uh, questions here? So, um, so two questions. So yep. Salvia, you feel very high for at least an hour or two or three after you do it. Um, with but I DMT, think it only lasts that amount of time too. It's, it's it lasts like 30 seconds, but it could be infinity in your reality. But, but overall, um, you come down from a trip and then you feel super high. Like you just smoked like 10 bowls for a while no um, i mean you feel a little tired that much longer, does dmt though. have like a is it like a peak real quick you said three minutes yeah. or whatever yeah peak, and then you're like back to sober pretty much the only wow, residual effects crazy. as you as you would see them it's not like drug effect the residual effects after you come off it are mostly just like your mind remembering it and, and like you said new neural pathways and like a new sense of what's going on it's not like you need to sober up like there's no sobering yeah up. no it's if like you it's come in, out of it you're just yeah. you again it's no different because like the, the second time i did it um i i smoked and I, I did not break through so i waited an hour and then i did it again so in between that that hour all effects were completely gone yeah wow that's crazy so since it's synthesized um not just a bud or um or you know fungus um what does it taste like 
um tastes like terrible t- tastes like trash uh, yeah the, <laughs> the first time i did i i was like i so like i saw the next day a couple of youtube videos and they're like yeah make sure you have a bottle of water with you and i'm like yeah that would have like really been a smart thing to do because that <laughs> taste it's metallic nasty taste that just does not taste good at all now okay yeah. so it's it's nothing so a, a great example D- Dylan, right really- here i'll tell you right now it smells like old people like really old people <laughs> so it smells like mothballs no no like old people's bodies yeah like decaying but like decaying bodies knocking yeah. Oh, yeah um have anybody like, has it, anybody it's unmistakable had... you smell it right away in the room and you're like it smells like there's an old person here who's like very sick yeah not, no. not, not, not mothballs not like Sorry. not like uh, really candy funny. corns and mothballs <laughs> not yeah. like old people's accoutrement not like flowery perfumes like literally the old people's bodies before yeah they it's not it's not so much of a stink as a stank that is fucking funny, but crazy. The whole um, room has anybody like has anybody had to have CT scans of their bowels and they make you drink barium and you get to pick the flavor? Anybody I have here? not. No, Please I, tell us about that. No. Okay, and have, barium is a radioactive <laughs> chemical, as far as I know. That's why it they do is. So, um, <clears throat> so um, fun. I have nothing fucking wrong with me, but bef- in my teens and 20, Debatable. 20s, a little <laughs> bit of a hypochondriac. So I've had fucking procedures for no reason. <laughs> and one of them, this was great. Yeah, no, the doctor was like, you're not supposed to do this exam until you're 40. You're like, better be safe than sorry. I know, let's do this yeah. pamphlet. It says it's a good idea to do, so I want to do it. Yeah. Get on up no. there, doc. I'm already Pretty much, actually. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, no real advocates for myself. I'm like, yo, exactly. This pamphlet says this is a thing. People get colon cancer. Uh, so I should probably change this. They're like, you're 22. I'm like, don't worry. It's fine. I'm, I need hey, it. I, I was paying the bills, all right? There's a problem. Put your finger up my ass now. <laughs> so, so the barium thing was actually what I thought. I had appendicitis at a sale oh. meeting. And I uh, probably just fucking hated that job. <laughs> It's probably, it's probably, probably what happened. I'm sitting there. I'm like, yo, I'm getting some stomach pains. I'm probably just um, hung over and hate my job. I don't know. But yeah. this is years ago. So I turn out. Usually like, they, don't, they don't do radiology experiments when you have appendicitis. Usually they can tell because you're in excruciating pain in one section of your body and then they can tell immediately. Yeah, but it's really hard when you have anxiety issues. And that was then less now then. But I... um. I had to, I had to go, all right, well, I'm here and I have pain. Have you, has anybody had this where you go, I have pain and um, worst case scenario, I die. So I'm going to have to just deal with that. So I sat there going, well, this might just kill me. And uh, cause I'm not leaving. I'm here for three days. I'm in another fucking state. Yeah. Just going to have to kill me. So didn't kill me, but I, I went back and they made me drink for like 12 hours before a CT scan, barium, which yes, Joe is radioactive. And um, they make you drink it and it like lines your bowels with a radioactive element called barium. And then you get there and then- It's they, all natural. Then, well, it is, it is all natural. <laughs> it is actually all natural. <laughs> natural. But then they also give you an IV of something else that is radioactive. And it feels like they kick you in the nuts hard. And then you taste metal because you have been drinking barium all day. And then yeah. this thing makes your senses do stuff. You get really warm up here. So I'm guessing that's sort of a similar DMT uh, flavor is um, a radioactive element mixed with. Um, I wish I could compare them. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've ever I had a very metallic though. It, it's not very metallic flavor. It's not like tasting blood in your mouth or swallowing pennies. It, it really is like just um, old fucking old dead old people. people. Yeah. yeah, old people wow. who are close to death. That's <laughs> really okay. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, that's an organic smell taste. It is. Yeah. Never... yeah, it is. It, it, it is strange though. Yeah, as soon as um, as soon as I smelled it, I was like. Well, that's unpleasant. I know it's all part of the process. <laughs> that's unpleasant. Make your body like um really crave like oh that, that's not like like if you're smelling like someone smoking or vaping like strawberry fields forever you're like oh that smells great or hookah whatever or yeah. even marijuana where you're like oh that smells nice it smells like a weird dank bud. Yeah, if you smelled someone smoking DMT, you would never say, "Oh, what's that? I want to try some." You'd be like, yeah. "No, you'd be like, oh, that's get, get that away from me." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but but like I mean I, I uh you know I don't even remember but like. In high school, someone gave me a bite of a peanut butter and jelly and shroom sandwich. Yeah. Because well, they think they thought that I couldn't handle eating shrooms. Yeah. But you didn't mean in school. You meant when you were attending high school that time. Attending at that age. Yes, exactly. Okay, and yeah. I, I didn't, nothing, nothing happened because I was, I was scared. I didn't. Third period. Yeah. I'm not an advocate of like giving someone a psychedelic without them knowing about no, it. No, no, no. Not, no wait, knew about I knew, it, right? They said, they're oh, like, hey, this has shrooms. Oh, I got you. And I was he like, was I'll take a little bite. Nothing happened. I was too scared. But I remember being like, they're like, it tastes like actual horse shit because it is. So, well, it's grown on it or cow shit, but it doesn't taste nearly, not even close to as bad. Yeah, it, no. You could it, shrooms are not as bad as pizza, DMT. You'd be like, these aren't great yeah. mushrooms, but they still taste like organic uh, edible food. Like it tastes like food. Just for, a good ex- for a good example, I hate to drink, to drink water. I drank so much water yeah, in the I desert. I hate, I hate fucking drink. I drank two bottles of water doing my DMT. That's that's how Wait, much so you to get that. Taste why do you that. hate water? What's your story? Uh, we we used to have to drink like five gallons a day over in Saudi Arabia, and Christ. it was all desalinized water, and it was 115 degrees out. So oh, so it came from so, the ocean. Yeah, and they took the, the salt out and they put it in bottles, and then you'd get it, and it's like 115 degrees out there. So like all you could really do is take a sock and get it wet and you put your water bottle in it, you dig a hole and then it's not super warm in the morning when you want to have a drink. Um, but then throughout the day, yeah. And it was just five gallons a day for six months, six, seven months. I'm, I'm done with water. I don't ever want to drink water again. That's so, why I, so the, I got uh, my water. With the mini stuff. fridge, they wouldn't drive that around following you guys? Around. No, no. Was, we it, had to, was it in that big green uh, like trailer they'd tow behind Omvee? uh not no that we do that in the field when we were back in like texas and stuff but out in the desert it's like no um here you go here's your supplies here's your cases and cases and cases of water from the government of uh, saudi arabia here you go there thank you saudi the arabia we'll see you in uh about 10 or so years yeah fuck you yeah saudi arabia is another one eh? uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i do not like to drink water but i drank a lot of water that uh that time because uh and it's not a hydration issue. It, it's no, it's a, a taste. I just had to, I had to wash that taste out of my mouth. It was horrible. Did you ever drink water? So um, I don't know if I told you this or Jeff knew. So not the military, not even fucking close, but I was uh-huh. in Civil Air Patrol, the, you know, loser squad. Yep. And um, nah, on, Civil Air Patrol, cool shit. I was, it was a, it was a, it, it, there were, it was 50, 50. Mm. It was like people it's who were scouts, but instead of them uh, molesting you, they just yell at you. Yeah, oh, and, okay. and 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 
physically smash you into lockers and things like there was some there was some of all that stuff or just make you uh stand in front of a abrams tank and memorize the 47 digit serial number on the side of it um and then quiz you two days later on what that number is sounds a lot like basic training (laughs) (laughs) that's the idea right they're trying it's like pre-basic training like we're trying to get you ready to go to that's and that's the, the, the only reason that i didn't go is because i wanted to go more than anything that i did a seven-day encampment at otis air force base at the army barracks and uh and got treated like shit for seven days and i was like you know what i really think i can i don't have to do this um but one mistake i made that that i think you would only learn in the military is i slept in my bdus with my harness on that had my two canteens and my ammo packs and the other stuff that's gonna be super uncomfortable well, with my boots on yeah. because they'd wake you up at no, you know, no watches, no nothing, whatever time and hit things and air horn you at probably four or five or 6 a.m. Yep. And they would tell you, oh, get comfortable. But everyone's like, don't take your clothes off or your boots yep. or anything else because you have to be in the hallway in, in 35 seconds. Yep. So I used to have canteens and I would um, one time I was it was it was August 1st was my first day and I drank both canteens laying down, which is that's how not many, easy. Well, no, no. When you're when it's August first in a army barracks on the Cape with and it was like hundred degrees in there with no was, yeah with no AC no AC no nothing another kid next to me well not in the bed with me but the next cot over and it was so fucking hot and I drank both of them um, how many was it about a, two liters of water yeah and um, if you're laying down on your back and you drink two liters of water really quickly you throw up. Ah, 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 ah. I learned that one the hard way. Ooh, I didn't know that. Like I was so thirsty that I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna lay down and drink both of these things." It it makes you start actually throwing up. It's yep. crazy. I don't know if that happened to you because you hate water. I figured you have a lot of hating water stories <laughs> from the military. Yeah, I've yeah, got no. one sort of and uh, <laughs> about hot and water. And... <laughs> now maybe if the water was cold, I would have liked it a little better. But now it was hot and they sell nice water yeah. is not is not good taste in water and you is know. it still salty because they can't no it's it. not salty at all but it just it has a ta- it has a taste i can't explain it. it's just not good just persian gulf flavored yeah <laughs> it tastes yeah. like victory my friend yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah you definitely need water or like cranberry juice and next time i do it i'm gonna have some cranberry juice because that'll really smack the taste right out of them yeah right because out. that's actually a flavor that yeah. can cut it through I mean, water is just dissipating the flavor in your mouth. It's not adding. Yeah. Yep. yeah so, no one chases uh, so, a shot with water unless they're hardcore as fuck or poor. So, uh, so yeah, so fuck water. Um, no one here has ever drank water on this podcast. So. <laughs> I don't think anyone has. It's been uh, all sorts of different beverages, uh, non-alcoholic and alcoholic, but I've yet to see water. Um, so, do, we'll so, so Brendan, so take us through, take us through what happens <coughs> After one, two, and three hits of a vape yeah. DMT, what's up? Well, the third hit, um, I couldn't keep down. I coughed it up, so that's why I never got to the breakthrough level. In On my, your first time? Yeah, but um, I, I still had some good effects. I closed my eyes and um, kind of like Robot? Uh, it, was, um, it was just like these, these eyes, and they were all together, and it was like, 
uh, like two lines, like, and then lines underneath it, lines underneath it. And they were just like going across the screen or, you know, it feels like a screen because the you, screen you of your eyes. Yeah. yeah Cause you, like you close your eyes and, and like, you're, you're not here anymore, but you're here. It's a if, blank uh, canvas. It's weird. Does it yeah. alter reality um, with your eyes open? Like if you see another human who isn't. There, there is, I don't mean to step on you. There is no reality. It, then, it's, it's, it tears apart what's going on around you to the degree that it's not like you're like, oh, wow, that shelf looks weird. Oh my gosh, I can't believe Dylan is like wearing a weird shirt. It's like, I can't even see the shelf and I'm in the room. Room, yeah. The room is torn apart. <laughs> it, it's, it's, I'm uh, sorry, I'm stepping on. I'll tell No, no, absolutely. Story. Yeah, no, yeah. perfectly fine. Yeah, but that is just, it's, there's it's, no version of what's going Like, what's around you doesn't even affect you anymore. The only reason yes. it affects you is if people are looking after you, they're, whatever the sights, the sounds, like they're, they're, they're like tertiary in the back of your brain. Anything right. on the room is now not part of your reality whatsoever. You're in a different yeah. place altogether. What about, what about learned behaviors like talking and perception? Like, if I, if you were, if I were to say, Hey Joe, do you want a firecracker popsicle? What would you <laughs> I think say? We, can get, we can get into that when I tell my story. Cause yeah. uh, I think Brent has a good one. I just, I just, I'm so intrigued and scared because yeah, I, oh, why, why yeah. me and Brent tell our stories and then we'll get into yeah. the full details. Cause I want to talk about perception and, and mind theory and all that kind of shit. So why don't we yeah. tell our stories and then we'll just go questions yep. out all day long. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'll go through my first experience. So I closed my eyes. I saw like the eyes, this beautiful color, blue, um, oranges and this color gold, yellow gold that I have never seen before is so bright and brilliant. Um, then if like you ever see like a a big flock of birds and they're flying all together and they're like moving around yeah it was like it was underneath the fabric of the eyes going across so it was like just wavy in spots and going all kinds of weird but um and it felt like they say i've never experienced this but they say that you get like shot through a cannon i've never been shot through a cannon that time i was slowly could feel my soul or whatever, my spirituality, just going up. It was rising up to the point where I could feel pressure on my shoulders, like something was holding me down. And um, some people I've heard, it's like a doorway. I didn't have a doorway, I had a dome. It was like I popped through a bubble. And as soon as I popped through that bubble, it's what they call ego death. I wasn't in control anymore. I, you know, my body was sitting on the couch and my mind was somewhere else and that's where it stopped i couldn't i guess i call it the waiting room i couldn't get any further but i could sense that there was something just over there that i couldn't see and like i was literally on my couch like turning my body and because i wanted to see what was over there and no matter how much i turned i couldn't see anything and then I started to come back down and you still get all the visuals and stuff. Um, and during that time too, I did open my eyes a couple of times and you can still see what's in the room if you're not, if you haven't hit that breakthrough point. But um, it was like, um, it was like hazy and it was a different color. It was greenish. Um, and while I was going up during the, you know, it's like the, Fallout, the Fallout filter, the game where, where like, yeah, it's like kind exactly. of green tinted. Yep. But I had, um, I had to like remind myself because I wasn't breathing. 
because I, I was starting to go. So I was like, okay, hold on. And I was like starting to freak out a little bit because it was starting to get pretty intense with all the colors and the, the movement and yeah. stuff going on. And I had to tell myself, I just relax, breathe. And then it was like more enjoyable. And then um, that was the end of that. Came down, felt fine. But it was like the next day where I was, um, I was driving somewhere. It was a nice, bright, sunny day. And um, I, it just felt like I, I was aware of more stuff around me. Like I take the dogs for a walk and I know that there's a squirrel over there without seeing it or a rabbit was underneath that bush or there's birds in this tree. I could just sense that they were there and then I would look. And actually um, a few weeks after, I was uh, at a campfire and um, a deer walked up within like 10 feet of us and it just sat there. Nobody noticed it. And I, just out of nowhere, I was like, there it is. I just, we locked eyes and I'm like, hey, there's a deer right there. Like I sensed it without seeing it. Like something told me it was there. And the thing started walking across and I was like, hey, little buddy. I'm like, hey, stop for a second. I want to take a picture. He stopped, turned and looked at me. I took a few pictures and I'm like, all right, thanks, little buddy. You can go now. And he just turned and walked away. And I was like, Crazy. I was joking around. I'm like, I'm connected with that you know, because my third eye has been open, but yeah, I, you definitely get that, that feeling. Um, I, I was less, yeah, I was less angry. Cause I was like, ah, I mean that, that, that little bullshit doesn't matter. I've, I've like, yeah, I've right like, pe I peeked into something way bigger than, than some of this trivial shit that we all bitch about. Yeah. That's amazing. That's really cool. Um, it reminds me of like, I know it's, it's, it's contradictory a little bit, but um, I was reading something about, and again, different, different uh, molecule, but <clears throat> um, we've talked about this before, but medieval, not medieval, but like Ergot. ancestry Ergot. hunters would microdose shrooms because it would help them connect with the animals more. You know, this is back when we would yep. do that to survive. Mm -hmm. I know you guys get that, um, but that's that's really something. Your whole experience, yeah. That like that one. The visuals were all great and stuff. It was very short. It might have lasted like three, four minutes. Um, but I think what more affected me was the you know the days after, reflecting yeah. on the whole the whole, what you know the whole experience. Did you go uh, into doing it for the first time with any intention, or did you? Just oh yeah. Let's see what the yeah. Hell happens. Yeah, I used to I used to tell Joe I'm like I want to do the DMT cuz I I want to talk to those machine elves. I have questions. Yeah. And, yeah. We'll talk about that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but um I've never I I've yet to see an entity. Um even with my breakthrough I didn't see any entities. That's why I was like what what is going on with this? So the second time I did it um did it once, saw some visuals, didn't break through waited an hour and then oh, do, you want me, uh, do you want me to tell mine in between then because yeah that yeah because that was probably the sequence of it yep. and yours i think was much more yeah. impactful uh than mine was i don't oh. know i i'm dying to hear yours because uh because <laughs> <laughs> it was impactful to me just watching <laughs> yeah. so so yeah the, so the first time he did it that night it was like he didn't really break through all the way and in um 
Do you want to tell that that version that that first version? That yeah, no, I don't. I, I don't really remember much about that version. Yeah. I remember seeing colors, but they were different colors, and I saw different. G I saw triangles instead of like the the eyes. Yeah, thing. and that's a common thing for hallucinogens. It's another weird part of like uh, being a human being and taking hallucinogens is that there's these common things of seeing fractals, which are these geometric shapes and lights yep. that, like, no matter what you're doing, whether it's psilocybin, LSD uh ketamine or dmt it's like they're all it's a part of like visualization of humanity where you just see shapes and colors yep. it always happens to anybody and even if you're not breaking through quote unquote with dmt which is like where you tear apart reality completely right. you will still see these fractals similarly to other hallucinogens i don't know why yep. that is but just yep because hmm. your brain because your brain's a computer joe it's a computer yeah deciphering the code <coughs> yep. uh so then i got my shot at the uh at the arrow there, uh, really William Tell style. And I think that I benefited me a little bit that um, I had already taken hallucinogens before, so I knew what I was in for, but this is a little bit different because other types of hallucinogens, it's they're gonna last six to 12 hours. There's gonna be a slow buildup where you can see reality changes. <coughs> and then even at the very peak of it, um, cause I haven't done, you know, obscene amounts where you're losing track of what's going on. You still understand where you are, who you're with you, even if the room you're in is strange, you can close your eyes and see weird things. You still are a full mental faculties are still there. You're like, I can, you know, it might be not comfortable, but I can still handle myself in any situation, uh, given the long time span of it, but I've never been through anything, which is the short period of time of complete drift away of reality that it was to go through that. Like, it's just so um shock and awe and i was I, I would not have done it if friend wasn't there also even though i should put the caveat on it, is that dmt as scary and strange as it sounds is one of the safest drugs you can do yeah it metabolizes in your body within minutes there's no yep. risk of um ODing, and it's not dangerous for your body physically at all it doesn't like change your blood pressure your your, your heart rate's not mm -hmm increasing or decreasing besides the fact that you're getting excited it's not like you're dehydrated <coughs> it, it's just you know it seems like because it's so psychoactive and so intense that this must be dangerous for you you have to do so much of a drug to feel that strongly that wow. you're putting yourself in danger but really um as part of the pharmacological american like list of most dangerous drugs and addictive drugs it's right on the bottom it's not addictive it's not dangerous for you i mean um, this little uh, vape pen I have of nicotine is much more addictive than, than dangerous. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, what, what about psychosis? Uh, psychosis, I think I've never heard it happening with a DMT experience, but I know that they recommend that if you have a history of um, psychotic problems in your family, if you have um, I'm schizophrenia, yeah, schizophrenia, um, and then you're, you're a, a especially male, but also female in your teenage years, it's not recommended to take um, hallucinogens like LSD or like yeah. mushrooms because you can awaken things in your mind that you don't want there and there's certain pathways that are all fucked up. But I haven't heard of any stories of someone taking DMT and that happening to them. I still yeah. wouldn't recommend anyone taking uh, that drug if your brain is not developed fully and you're not comfortable oh, yeah. in your own skin and comfortable in your surroundings. It's definitely not some kind of party thing. Like you're going to be yeah. in. Don't you're walk into a room and be like, oh, hey, what do you got there? Let me have some. Yeah, no, yeah. that's yeah, no. Don't, don't <laughs> and that's, that's even true for mushrooms. And my I, people taking mm -hmm. mushrooms at parties, it's like, what are you doing? Like, it's yeah. just, you're putting your mind in a terrible, awkward space. You're going to feel. Yeah, and, and parties are like not fun for Yeah, anyone. when you do like mushrooms. <laughs> so, like, yeah. like, I never, 
parties were cool but like not a place to i remember getting smoking weed at so many parties and being like this is not fun like yeah even weed can do place that too, I smoke you have weed that self-conscious it. feeling where alcohol at a party it tears away that, that self-consciousness and your your inhibitions are gone you're all open whatever yeah. but if you're if you're tripping at a party i mean even if, even though you're you're comfortable around people around you your brain starts to play tricks on you where you feel like yeah. you're a burden or you're feeling self-conscious because your brain is looking so inwardly that all you can think about is what you're doing what you're feeling like and you imagine everyone in the room is thinking the same thing as you but yeah. just like real life no one gives a fuck what you're doing yeah. no don't do it at a party <laughs> i'm not saying that all your thoughts are in your own head like you're not acting weird you're definitely acting weird i'm saying that when you're doing it with your friends and you're all tripping together, you think they're thinking things about you that they're not thinking. I've experienced. Oh that. yeah. Well, no, I kept looking at her going, she knows I'm fucking tripping. She knows I'm tripping. And she did. Yeah, But she didn't know you were <laughs> tripping. She just thought you might be acting weird. You know? Oh, okay. But in yeah. your head, yeah, you're yeah. like, they know I'm tripping. Yeah. They hate me. I'm, I'm annoying. All my friends don't like me. Like those feelings creep into your head, but they're all untrue. And as long as you have friends that That's care about you and are good with mm -hmm. you, you can check in with them. I've done it multiple yeah. times. You check in, you go, "Hey, I'm okay, right?" And everyone's like, "Yeah, you're good, man. Don't even worry about it." You're like, "Ah, oh, okay." Like you yeah. just need a couple of reminders every once in a while because your brain yeah. is so up in your That's own. That's why, like, I always say, if you're gonna do it, you gotta have a buddy. And have um, a yeah, have that to care about. Yeah, and I, I say this, and it's not necessary because I know people like to deal with you know newer friends or whatever. But my rule, which will never go wrong for you, which is if you do them in front of someone you don't, you're not, you're, uh, you're comfortable with crying in front of. It yeah, doesn't mean you're going to cry in front of them. It just means if you have that kind of bond with somebody, they yep. will not let you down. Whatever you say, <coughs> yep. they won't be weird about it. I, I may never cried in front of somebody um, taking hallucinogens, but if you have that kind of bond with somebody, when you're feeling uncomfortable or you're feeling kind of strange or you're like you're unwanted, those kind of friends that you have, they will make you feel just as good as ever. And then you're right back into the fun. You're like, exactly. oh yeah, what yep. am I thinking? I'm not being annoying. I'm just, I'm just on this drug and it's just fun. Like, I don't yep. know why I thought this one guy hated me. He's like my best friend, you know? But just, Yeah, just I, uh, I have never had a bad time tripping with my friends ever. But yeah, so not to drag too much out of that. I'm just saying that that past of me trying those things kind of informed my experience of doing that. But yep. even then... I still in the moment forgot that feeling like that you always yeah. have to bring yourself back to the center of being like everything's crazy right now it's feeling really weird yep. you have to remember yeah, you have to go in know and be like to be prepared to do that like yeah. even though I was prepared I still forgot because I was so immersed in the thing and I'm yeah, like exactly that's what I was gonna say super freaking intense I'm like just breathe relax it's gonna be okay and it was fine yeah exactly so even if you have a history of trying it before and you're like i know this is the feeling you need to bring yourself back to that center like oh why do i feel this way oh because i took this thing and i wanted to and have yep. fun and i am having fun just kind of center yourself even with all that knowledge going <coughs> on yep and i when i took that second hit of that pen and it, before i even breathed out and i think maybe my vape uh you know, daily vaping helped me yeah definitely because yeah but by the time the second hit before i even blew it out all my visions started getting wavy and I already was like, okay, I'm in it. <laughs> like, like the feeling of like, just the, the relaxation, almost like you're like, you are like relaxing just your whole body's like, oh, you're like, you're just falling yep. asleep after a long day. You're like, yep. okay. Yeah. Like your shoulders just drop because they're not tense anymore. And your, your whole body, body is super relaxed. Up. Yep. And, uh, and I do remember you being like, come on, get the last one in. And I'm like, I'm like, I was in the middle of doing it. You're like, come on, come on. And I already like, I, I maybe did halfway of it because at that point I couldn't see what was happening in the room. Cause it was so wavy. Yep. I could see the room still, but it was just so wavy. Wait. 
yep. that I, I kind of like handed it to you and I was like, I'm good. You're like, you sure? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and that's the last thing I remember really understanding what happened with me and you in that room. Because then I exhaled. And as I exhaled, it was almost like that was the sign. And it wasn't as violent as this image, but it, it was it was as if someone took the the ceiling, not the ceiling of the room, the ceiling of where your eyes can see, uh, like yep. the, the movie screen of your eyes. And the eyelid of your third eye, you say? And they pulled the whole ceiling down and then they pulled it down apart. And I last thing I saw was the TV screen that turned teal and then it backed up into this image, your entire vision full of uh, not just the fractals on the sides, it would look like paisley ribbons. So you know that it was like paisley, like a bandana image. Yep. It was all paisley <laughs> ribbons yeah. of or a bright orange, like I described it as like macaroni and cheese colored paisley ribbons all over all the sounds of my ears of in the room they're gone now now yep. it's the, like the, the silent hum and the strangeness of the everything is like it sounds like there's a soundtrack of your existence and i knew i was sitting down in the room i understood that but that doesn't matter anymore i couldn't tell where i was and all the ribbons were piling down towards me and i started to realize that like okay this is what it is and then at that point I then forgot what I was doing. <laughs> did, now I'm did just it, there. Did it feel like a rocket ship, though? No, it didn't feel like a rocket ship. Yeah, it just right, felt like felt I was like sitting on ship. that space. And then instead of me being in that room, someone took the curtains and ripped it all mm -hmm. apart. And, and it was like, here's what's behind the curtain. Like yep. the, the wall was had that the whole time. And then the whole room was overwhelming with the feeling of I wasn't in there anymore. I was somewhere, somewhere else. All the ribbons were coming towards me. And as I was trying to come to terms with that, I was like, okay, this is very intense. This is more intense than most things I'm a part of. And it wasn't me trying to reason myself and I was just kind of experiencing it. And then it was more of that, that the twisting and turning and, and these beautiful images. And I looked up to where the ribbons were coming from and it was an image and it was of a woman, but it didn't look like a woman. It was kind of like when you're dreaming and you have certain understood things, like when you're in like a stranger's house, and, but in the dream, it was my house. Like you, yeah. you kind of like, part of you understands a certain nature of the reality that you're in, but you yep. don't actually say like, it doesn't look like my house. It didn't look like a woman, but my, my understood that's a woman. And she looked down on me and she had rings of eyes around her face. There was long black flowing hair and it was rings of eyes, like just like circles full of eyes, 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 <laughs> yeah, eyes, yep. eyes. And it reached out its hand towards me full of the paisley orange and the eyes and as it reached out towards me i got scared yeah, yeah. because it was very overwhelming and, yeah. and, I, and, I, and i was like i understand that I'm, you know i'm in this place whatever but it was just so overwhelming yep. that i didn't understand what's going on and all the eyes and all everything and i was like this is just so intense that i and for a moment i thought like the time dilation happens so strongly they're like how long have I been here? Yep. Maybe this, maybe this won't end anytime soon. Like I'm scared to tr try to take her hand because then maybe I have to stay here for a long time. Yeah. Longer and, than I want. Yeah. Longer than I want. And it's not unpleasant. It's just that your mind is so not used to that reality yep. that you, your, your brain's immediately fighting. Like, Oh, this is strange. I don't know what's going on here. And your immediate response is like, Oh, I don't know where I am. I'm in fear. <laughs> and it wasn't long after that, which it felt like it was a longer time, but it wasn't long after that, that I remember looking around the room and trying to find uh, Bren and being like, am I, am I back yet? Because even then, the the veil kind of slipped away and, and the, the paisley went away and the woman went away, but it was still so churning and turning that I right. couldn't oh. tell the room I was in that I'm familiar with. 
into until the point where even when I was talking to Brendan, I still was in it. And I could, I could tell it was Brendan, but his face didn't look the same, but I could tell by his voice and I knew he was next to me. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Cause I was like, dude, you got to close your eyes. And they're like, they are closed. And I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I remember saying. I, I was looking right in his face and I, and I was sure my eyes were closed because of how much I was seeing. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. my eyes are closed. And he's like, no, they're not. And I was like, yes, they are. <laughs> But my eyes were wide open, yeah. but it looked so much different yep. that I could I couldn't have told you that. Yep. So then when I came back to it, I felt like they had that greeny haze and it was kind of uh, wavy and coagulating and convulsing for like another like 30 seconds. Um, but then I was right back in the room. And what was that all of five minutes? Maybe it felt like a half. Yeah, minute. probably like seven or eight. Yeah, yours lasted. Uh, well, I don't know, because we couldn't tell because like when you opened your eyes, you weren't you just like you were like starting to move around on the couch like whoa like yeah and, well that, and that was me trying like, to that was me trying to like get because at that point i just wanted to come back because i was i was like just like okay that that was so intense i like I, like we're on the roller coaster you have fun but you're like is the ride over yet and I was trying to yeah again yeah i wasn't trying to fight it so much i think i would experience more but i was trying yeah. to get back to reality so strongly that i started moving around and being like am i back yet and I, like i said I, it wasn't like scary in the fact that it was a nightmare it was just it was scary because you know, I was losing my grip. But yeah, it was intense. It's something. It, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I wasn't ready. The fear to is the unknown, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was like, that's what I. I'm like, wow, it probably, um, probably would be best if you're like gonna do it for the first time to like not break through. And right. that's what I because like, when I first did, I was like, oh, dude, I just want to break through. I don't care, you know. Yeah. And I'm glad I didn't the first couple of times because then it kind of prepared me. You got but, used um, to it. Yeah. Then I was like, oh, it like was because I was like, he's like, dude, it was just way too intense. And I'm like, oh, like so intense that you would never do it again. He's like, oh, no, <laughs> I do it again. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, I'll do it again. But yeah, it's just, yeah. I wasn't ready. I, I yeah. thought I was ready, but I wasn't ready for the full. Yeah. Uh, the full yeah. Ride. But, you but can't, next time I'll be ready. It's like um, it's like uh, the the um, the White Walkers. You can't know until you know. Yeah. Until you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, and I was jealous too because uh, he was like, "Yeah, I saw the lady," and I'm like, "What? You saw the lady? I want to see the lady. I haven't seen the lady yet." Yeah, <laughs> like, she, like right. I said, there's no words spoken. All the sounds yep. were like modulated, weird noises. But it was, like I said, it was like a dream where you understand things inherently, but no one ever tells you them. Yep. I understood she wasn't, uh, she wasn't malevolent. Like she wasn't yeah. there to be but like. Did, did you feel like you. she was? like reaching out to welcome you yeah kind of like thing. she was reaching yeah. out to be like if you like 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 welcome to this this portion of reality that you're mm -hmm. not used to what well, let's you know let's go closer into it and i was like no i'm not ready i'm out of here get me out where am i yeah, yeah. i freaked out instead <laughs> yeah. of being like all right let's go and then i you know and i i pussied out but uh but so dylan just so you know this is actually the the most we've talked about his trip together because when it happened, we talked a little bit about it. I wanted he to save it for the pod. Yeah, so I'm super interested in like comparing like what he saw, what I saw, and um, did like because with when with my breakthrough experience, it wasn't so much visual as it was feeling. Did you get this like feeling of, or, or was the intensity just the the focus that you couldn't you know feel like you know joe rogan says it's um uh love and understand it's like feeling like a, a entity that's full of love and understanding kind of thing did you have any emotion behind it or just all visual 
smack you in the face what's going yeah, on yeah no what i didn't feel the full i didn't feel the full emotional experience of anything my emotions didn't change very much at all <laughs> besides like i said besides the overwhelmingness of it i understood the emotions inherently that, that this being wasn't there to harm me i mean yeah was, it was more like um yeah i get it is it's just like uh it's like a baby on a roller coaster it's like you're strapped in you're not in danger but like i can understand like you're probably not ready for this whole experience yeah yep. so like i wasn't really open i didn't feel like the emotions or like the compassion between like and, and like the unity of reality i was kind of more like the oh this is what it's like to tear open the veil like this is a good peak but i i don't think i'm ready to really yeah. understand yep and, and as a caveat sorry uh sorry mom it's fine i'm okay it's fine <laughs> but uh, but and i've done hallucinogens a lot of times to the point where I've been like, I can I've open, you know, different paths in my mind, understand things in different way <laughs> and comfortable with that. And even the, the idea of diving into the madness of being like, I'm just going to embrace this feeling of, of, of being part of this experience. And even those times of doing that for hours, it, it didn't prepare me for this brief moment of like just the sheer intensity of it. I, I thought I was ready, but I just wasn't ready. Nice. Yeah, I'm glad. Um, I mean, I'm glad you, that you're willing to try it again because I think it. Um, I'm interested in, in what the, what it can show me beyond that. Yeah, because um, I feel like even though I broke through, quote unquote, I didn't surrender. I fought against it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which, which is what's about because once you once you go up, once you start coming back down, once the, the DMT is starting to get um, you know uh, eradicated by your body and stuff. That's where your ego starts to step back in. When, yeah, my and, ego was like, "Where am I? I want." Yeah, to be like, "Hey, I'm. Friended. Hey, here, here I am right now, and I have no control over this, and I don't like it, and I want control." Yes. But yeah, that's a like when you get beyond that. That's probably. I mean, yeah, you did experience the ego death where you were not in control of what was going on anymore. You are now just part of this whole thing yes. right there and then yeah so that's why you, you probably kept going that's in my opinion i think my, my ego uh it wanted to, it wanted to be alive again it didn't want to and it wasn't yeah i mean myself yeah which I, I, mean, but I but consciously i want to let go of myself i want to see what that feels like but in the but moment subconsciously subconsciously it was like <laughs> yeah. no 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 you're joe yeah. and uh you want to be joe get back here yep. yeah yeah like oh flame but yeah. yeah but uh do you, do you guys mind if we take another quick break
tale, most recently, finished with my tale of the same evening when uh, yep. me and Brendan tried this particular substance to try to break through the other side, as Jim Morrison so valiantly said. Yeah. And after Bren's initial, uh, you know, kind of ramping up to it, he's like, I don't know if I'm quite there. And then he saw me go through my thing where I looked at him in the face and I said, my eyes are closed with my eyes <laughs> wide open. He goes, I got to try this shit again. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, dude, I was, I was, I was hungry. I'm like, oh, dude, he, he freaking saw the lady. I want to see the lady. And I was like, I'm, I'm ready. I'm let's go. And I was like, super intense, super focused. My, I like my mind was prepared to go, but not prepared to go where I actually went. Which is the tale of it. It's it's every tale yeah, of any, it's totally any, different. any hallucinogenic drug. Like as soon as you think you're going there, it's almost like dreaming. It is like lucid dreaming where you're like, as soon as you think you want to do something, that's not the nature of it. You're yep. not the pilot. You're a passenger. And yep. the more you want something, the more it's not going to get there. It's like you just have to kind of <laughs> submit yourself to the ride. And I think that your story that we're going to hear now is a version of that where like it's not what you wanted to see, but it's what you, you were deigned to see. See, yeah exactly so uh so I, di- I did my shit and um closed my eyes and i started to saw the colors just you know pretty much the same as before um the first time was a lot of blue and oranges and yellows this time it was green and orange a little bit of red and it was triangles it wasn't the you know the, like the eyes it was very similar to what i had done the hour before but then it just pretty quickly the colors went from like being everywhere and it started to slowly come down and it was basically at the bottom of my vision. And then I just saw the most brilliant, bright, silver light. It was so bright. Like I thought to myself, you should be squinting. This is so bright, but I wasn't seeing it with my eyes. I was seeing it with my third eye. So it, it like, yeah, your eyes were closed the entire time. I can right. that. So, like, if you think of yourself seeing a bright, bright light, you, you're going to squint. Like, even just thinking about it, you're like, oh, bright light. Yeah. Nothing. It made me want to open my eye even further because I wanted to see, you know, what was going on in this light. And so I could still see the little colors, you know, going across, this, you know, on the bottom. And it was like I was just going over the hill, like, coming forward to the light. And it was like going down a little hill. And it, the bright just got brighter again and brighter again. And the further I went, the longer it took to, to, to get to me because it was like, oh, I can actually see. Like, I'm, it's not like first it was like, boom, bright light. And it's like coming faster. And then it kind of started to slow down. And I'm like, all right. It, it was like floating, you know, and I was way up above and I was above all the color. And I was like, this is strange. It's just white light. And, um, I kept seeing little symbols, um, like hieroglyphs, just like popping through in black as I was going. And all of a sudden, I got this overwhelming, happy, joyous feeling, and I started laughing. I don't know why. I couldn't help. It was just inside of me. It wanted to get out. And I was laughing. I could feel myself laughing hysterically. Um, I have really bad tinnitus from my time in the Army. But while I was in this journey, completely no ringing of my ears. Um, I knew Joe and I could hear like voices, but it was not English. It was 
Yeah, I was in the room still, but I wasn't interacting with you. I was like letting you have your own. Yeah, but I could. Yeah, because I'm and I, I'm like I felt like I was so far, but I could hear like these voices coming from the side. But it was like something you would hear in space. I was also was, watching television. It wasn't. It wasn't helping his trip at all. I was like, uh, <laughs> let him do that. I don't. Want to yeah, but him. like it would go in and out. Like I would hear nothing, and then yeah. and then I could hear something, but it sounded like radio waves, not words. Yeah. But I was laughing. And I was told I was slapping my arms up and down, but I had. To- <laughs> I don't mean to hear that was that was what made me turn my head to you was that you started laughing and I was like, oh, well, he's having fun. He's laughing. But it wasn't just you laughing. You were laughing like you saw the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life. You're yeah. Like, like the cosmic, the cosmic slapping no. hands on the couch, slapping. Oh, my God. Dude, I was I like, felt- the funny, I want to know the joke. I was like, I don't, I don't know. want to know that. That's the funniest joke I've ever heard in my life. The guy was losing it laughing. And I knew he was happy. I knew he wasn't scared because like, he's, he's joyously oh, it laughing, was, slapping it, the couch. And, and, and that's when he's sitting down on the couch, just laughing at, at the ceiling with his eyes closed. But in his mind, continue. Yeah. And um, I, I, could, I just got this overwhelming feeling. It was, I couldn't, it, I wasn't thinking anything funny. I wasn't really thinking anything. I was just trying to soak it all in. I was just like, boom, I am here. This is, this is amazing. I feel great. I started laughing and every, and I started to get to the point. I'm like, this is, this has been going on for a good amount of time. This is going to be coming towards the end. And it, and it wasn't, it just wave after wave. It just kept coming. And I was like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. And I was just so happy and elated. And, but I, when I came back down, I remember, uh, when I came back down, I got up and I was like, Woo! I was like, this was funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, it was, an, it was amazing. But, um, ever since then, I, I keep thinking, I'm like, why? Like, I didn't, I didn't see any entities. I kind of had a feeling like the first time I did it, that they were always just outside my reach. And this experience with the white light, I kind of felt they were, the, I felt their presence, but I couldn't see them. It's like maybe they were behind me or they're the ones pushing me up or, you know, like, here you go. Um, but I have never, and then I'm like, what is up with this white light thing? I'm like, I, I want to understand it. And then like the, the symbols, and I went through today um, and I kind of, I'm like, you know, what were those symbols? They were kind of like hieroglyphs, but I don't know. Yeah. I, was, I don't I was know what hieroglyphs too. look like really, right? Yeah, I mean, could you, you, I can't draw a hieroglyph for you. But I, yeah. I know if I saw it, I'd be like, that's a hieroglyph. Well, I said they're definitely right. glyphs, which are like symbols that are meant to be right. something. But um, yeah, so like the ones that I saw, um, I saw the Ankh, you know, the, um, you the cross, the, with, you the little cross with the loop at the top. Don't right, look. which is um, the sign of eternal life. Um, I saw the, um, the Eye of Horus that little symbol, which is, yeah. it, I, I saw it multiple times too. So I don't know if it was the eye of Horus, the eye of Ra, but they're both similar in the uh, thing, um, which is protection and power. Um, Cause I did feel safe and I didn't feel in control. I felt like whatever I was seeing, like whatever was beyond that light was shooting that light for me. That was the power, you know, kind of thing. Um, and then I also saw this, the, the scepter, which is um, a power of the underworld, which goes to one of my theories. You know, when you die, I personally believe that your body releases so much DMT that your body, you know, you're dying. Your body is releasing. You can't, um, 
you can't break down that DMT. So you go into that DMT state because it's a good theory. Think about all the after after death experiences. I saw this bright white light and and this and that. And it's, this is a great I, dovetail into yeah. Please talk about that. Yeah, yeah so, liver and kidney failure um, are going to process this. So go on. Yeah. Right. So like you know, um, so it's very similar to a a near death experience. From what from what I experienced, mm -hmm. I wouldn't call Joe's experience a near death experience. Mm -hmm. but i feel they're connected somehow but like many people who experience um a deep dmt trips have similar stories to people who have been near death they're correct. almost identical yep so yeah i do believe uh that even though we can't quite prove it yet because the science of the whole brain is so complicated that so it's complicated you know maybe in a couple hundred years it'll you know You'll be oh let's uh, let's take this neuron right here and splice it together kind of thing but yeah not gonna happen nowadays but I do believe that there's a, a connection with uh, with DMT um, yeah definitely definitely it's that wow, similar it's the vibe yeah. too not only the, the white light the ego death rising above your body right. feeling outside of yourself and the sense of peace that people feel they describe often with near death experiences near death experiences. There's a million tales because it's so completely subjective. It's completely yep. personal, the same as any trip you go on, but it's so similar to the feeling. <coughs> I'm not saying that people who are near death, they're on drugs. <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> a similar feeling in your brain of feeling like your ego death and going on to the other side and feeling a sense of peace and being above yourself. And I, for one, hope that is the feeling when you die mm. is that sense of peace and being part of something larger and maybe even incomprehensible, um, but I don't want to dive into too much. Do I? Do you guys want to? No, it's yeah, okay. I, I actually kind of want to dive into Dylan, it. Please, like, please go ahead. Yeah, we've been talking a lot. Yeah, go no, ahead, exactly. So, um, so my thing is, why not dive into it a little bit more? Because it's kind of what matters. So, since you guys understand consciousness very well, um, and I, I don't even know if we call this spiritualism or anything else. Um, there's all kinds it's, of vibes for it but I've it's not about god i don't think this is about god either it's like it's a whole nother thing that um you said something is that like people who are going through near-death experiences from what i understand i don't have any data but most of those people aren't on drugs so yeah I, this I mean, is car experiences yeah usually weird like things. brief moments of going in and out it's not a slow death when people have near death experiences. It's like a uh, it's a, a chaotic moment. Yeah, like a heart attack, a heart and attack, then... or, yeah, or a car crash. They get or... revived and they get to yep. choose. Like yeah, they, they, it, like so, all of a sudden there's a light and they're surge. like, hey, I want to go towards that light, and someone's like, not yet, just not yet. No, 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 just go this way, not that way. Then right. they wake up and it's horrible, and they say it's just pain and terrible, and they're like, I'm back as a human. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like. That's what I've heard. And mm. there's so many things of this. And then also like the elderly also, um, you know, they go into really deep sleeps that I've never seen in a, a, a person under the age of, of 70, you know, like right. um, they're like deeply deep, unless they're really sick and dying. Um, they're really asleep. And they, they also talk to people. They talk to things, they do whatever it is. And they're, they always lose it a little bit. And there's just something more to this. Um, that I've come as an outsider because I've never done DMT, never done shrooms. I've 
done edibles and gone completely into seven separate dimension that I have. Um, yeah. This is a good moment to say with. that it's not for everybody to hallucinogens. One person I wouldn't recommend DMT for is Dylan Reed. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I, I appreciate that. No, I'm happy someone looks out for me because, like, it's it's. I think maybe in 20 years I would be ready, but right now there's something that is not something, there's something going on with my brain that stems from just the past 30 years that um, has made me uh, just not available for this type of thing yet because I go somewhere not good. And that's what happens every time I do edibles and I can't break out of that. And I think it's because every single time I've done it, it's been a really bad time. Sure. Um, yeah. And I went into it with a good out. intention, but it's just not right. So anyways, um, anyways, yeah, it's like people who go, who, who experience death, but don't die. They're not typically on the operating table. I've seen in like the stories of watch a lot of these, they're like people who got in car accidents or heart attacks or yeah, whatever. Like it was traumatic instant. Cause it, like Brendan said an hour ago, that molecule gets released at that time. Um, and that's what happens. So it's, it's and something. Let's not forget that anyone who tells stories about this didn't die, but they were close to it. Yeah. Most people who near die, death they never get to yeah. tell you about it because right. as soon as they die, it's over. It's only near death experiences that you can find out what did you see there? What did you experience? What did you think? It's very rare that people get to come back from that experience, whether it is DMT based or the spiritual based or whatever it is to actually come back and tell the tale. I mean, usually when you take the trip yeah. up the mountain, you make it to the summit and that's that which yeah. just poses my question so when you die your body releases dmt you have that near-death experience but you actually die do you continue on well, is it's a question like, i don't think that's anybody can answer yeah we yeah, right. all answer that i hope yeah, how, i hope how much that that is what the lady is you know not that joe is gonna go take the hand of somebody but like mm-hmm then it's it's that or it's some sort of reincarnation or something no one not there's not a human being on earth who knows this answer right no, but that's I, what hope I hope it's today. not just a black mist of like just yeah. nothingness i've had anesthesia a bunch of times and um it's been a weird i've had two different drugs uh for anesthesia so i've had like full-blown um uh aids I've had, I had, I had a uh, ketamine one time and then I had propanol the other time and then um, Isn't that the then, one that uh, Michael Jackson took? Yes. Yeah. Is so, it called propofol or am I wrong? Propofol. Yeah. Sorry. Propanol is actually a synthetic THC, which I've had too. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So my neurologist gave me prop. So like I have a, I mentioned this before and I'm not ashamed of it. I have a lot of experience with like uh, drugs that have been prescribed to me. And I can yeah, tell you, you how those more affected. more average bear. Oh, way more. I've been on Clinically, everything. Clinically, though, not, not recreationally. So, You've been prescribed. No, no, but these are legal, legally given to me. It's all on the up and up. Um, but I don't I don't agree with a lot of them, which is interesting, um, and a lot of things that happen. But like propanol, it has a weird spelling, is synthetic THC, and it's in a pill. And you can buy in the street, and I don't recommend taking it. It's not that fun. Um, it's Never tried just, it, won't try it. No, no reason. I think Jeff said he tried it, and he said it was not that um he was like a stupid i, I also i have it right now you know, why, why it, eat tofurkey when we have he did what i'm gonna kill him hilarious but it's also he didn't try exactly what we're talking that about is that it's tofurkey 
when you have access to turkey it's just yeah it's yeah. like just eat the turkey yeah Come on. yeah i yeah. get cluster headaches and i went to my neurologist who's cool and i said hey what's the what are, what can i get weed related to fix this and he's like oh you can try this and i was like all right sounds good it was like the, it was like the charlotte's <laughs> web strain of the pills yep. you know yeah i mean so they, they say um, that the similar molecule to dmt is treated for cluster headaches which seems you. strange it's, it's not a painkiller it's a, it's a mind changer Yes. Yeah. Well, well, so, well, cluster headaches, they usually give you, um, which I've also had is, um, um, it's a migraine drug and it's, it's a, it's a, it's almost like five HTP, uh, which you can buy at Whole Foods. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a, um, it's like a neurotransmitter based drug. Uh, I'm yeah. Just, melatonin is one of those too. It's you, not you, melatonin. You buy that um, in the store though. It's, uh, I'm not saying it's that. I'm saying that. Anyways, you can whatever. I've, I've literally taken everything that a doctor can prescribe that is like this, and it's it's always been interesting. <laughs> Some of these drugs have, they're, again, they're synthesized. The reason that they are from the, um, you know, things like Pfizer and biotech and other companies and you know who make drugs because they own the world Johnson and Johnson, a family j and j they own the world but they're also the fda controls them and it's because they're nah, don't you be fooled this. they control the fda come on now yes and yes <laughs> no, 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 absolutely absolutely but as as i work for a company that does work for the fda and they just want things that are not just they're more so if you take marijuana and you break it down to one molecule it's more controlled so there's yeah. less risk to the patient yeah, yeah. Less because there's less risk to the molecule or the drug. So they put that's that's pretty much the only reason, I, I guess, as opposed to them just prescribing you a bottle of weed, you know, like, yeah. Um, but some of these things that I've been on have done very similar things to me. Mm-hmm. And one of them, which has been the craziest, I think, was one that drug I told you about called amitriptyline. But another one was actually Prozac. I was on Prozac like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And the question I have for you guys is based off of my experience with that is that I took that because I did research and I said, yes, I'm a little bit of a risk to separate having a reality problem, um, which is I do not have schizophrenia. I don't have any of these things, but I get, um, if I take too much edibles, I, the, the lines get blurred too much for me and I start to get scared. You, you can't get yourself back on your own will. You feel a little bit. Lost. Yeah. So the, I get a little bit like nervous. I see a dresser and Spiraling. I go like, you spiral. I spiral a little bit too much just because I'm predispositioned towards a certain way. And it's, it's yeah. terrifying. No, nothing wrong with that, man. It happens to no, so it is what many it is. people. I just, I'm good at handling it on my own without substances. And when I introduce them, I got to be careful. That's all. So, um, but Prozac was interesting because I lived my life with like this super heightened anxiety for so long. And then I said, all right, well, I see this can be, this was like the first one that, that this is where I'm getting into DMT, into other substances, um, like shrooms and LSD and stuff like that, is that a lot of these things are precursors or catalysts for neurogenesis. So with New trauma, pathways. Yeah, exactly. So, but not, not just pathways, not even that. So actually it's actually unrelated to pathways just for this segment of my conversation because pathways, absolutely. But, um, with trauma that can be from anything, literally anything down to post-traumatic stress disorder and things like that, what happens to the human brain over time for people who don't aren't aware of this is it sounds like 
those brain cells, which are just like any other cell in your body, but a little different, is they don't necessarily die because that's weird. They do die. There's something called um, necrosis. Uh, necrosis Bingo, is the death of necrosis. Flesh. No, necrosis is more like death of like a limb. If you get an infection and you develop yeah, necrosis, okay, so you can have you can have organ necrosis though too. Yeah, exactly. But I think I think when it comes to brain cells, necrosis isn't the right thing, but it's the right idea. Gotcha. Um, um, okay. Yeah, so the brain cells due to trauma specifically. So this is like someone it's tells like you- It's more like a shutoff than a death. Yeah, That's exactly. It. So That's someone, someone tells you, hey, Joe- The brain Joe, cell doesn't die, it just becomes inactive. Right, yeah, exactly. So, hey, Joe, I think you're a, uh, a meanie pants uh, dick bag and you go- You're you take a bullshit liar. This is going yeah. on the podcast. Don't fucking <laughs> say shit like that. No, but you take it personally and you get, you get like, really traumatized I? by something like that. Then it can affect different parts of your brain and they can, like you said, people thought that those parts of your brain just like died, dead. It's mm-hmm. actually that they just sh- sort of, the light goes out a little bit. Yeah, so it's a still bright there. light bulb. They, they just dim. The it, just dim. it just dims. So drugs like, um, certain drugs can make them turn back online again. Not necessarily connect them, but turn back online. Same thing with DMT and LSD and acid and uh, and shrooms is that they turn back online and then they talk to other parts of the brain that give them feedback. Because if someone has a stroke, um, um, the the other side of the brain compensates for the other side. Like it's such a thing that we are as autonomous. It's out of our control. Right. Um, so even though it is us, we have no control of it. Yeah, so like I'm I'm more of a proponent for the new findings with treating mental illness with um, a controlled form of like I said DMT, LSD, shrooms, these type of things. I think there's more benefit there. But I'm mm-hmm. the only reason I'm speaking this is I've been treated with the pharmaceutical side, and I can't right. say it's bad either if you go into it with intention to be on something for one to six months and then get off it you go hey this is going to make those parts light up because it's the same yeah. thing it's the nope. same thing as, as other drugs mm-hmm. i'm gonna, just going to turn those things back online and then get off this stuff instead of being like i need to be on this for 30 years some people do that and i don't think that is i think it's important too that um like all the research they're doing with the psilocybin the dmt and lsd it's all super small doses it's not like all right we're yeah. gonna we're gonna let you trip Blast out for them. eight hours and it's gonna help you all no, it is no, is no. just small amounts at regulated times where right. it, it just in like a clinical setting, they're monitoring all your functions. Right. So it's not like, hey, go over there tripping, like, uh, like you see in the uh, yeah. find you yeah. in 10 hours. CIA, it's not like the CIA trials with LSD. It's like, hey, take, take this LSD and <laughs> as much as possible. Yeah. You know, it's like, we're going to give you low doses, small amount, and that kind of So it's not like, yeah. but uh, yeah, I mean, Buddhism all Buddhism art and stuff. And even some of the, the, the old art that depicted Jesus, there's always mushrooms in there. Cause you know, yes. a lot of people, there's a lot of theories that Jesus lost years is when he went to India and he studied Buddhism. And if you that look was- at all, if you look at all his teachings, a lot of it is equated with Buddhism, love thy neighbor that and this kind of stuff. So it was, could have had, and you know, are these miracles? Are they just like, hey, I'm going to put some mushrooms in this water and uh, here you go. It's now wine, you know? So here you go, you know? Yeah. I just say, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm down with that. I mean, I get it. Um, yeah, it's something. Um, ketamine, interesting uh, thing too, is that another clinically used substance. 
Yep. Yeah, yeah. And ketamine, um, ketamine's a, so just to, just to explain to everyone who's listening and watching the power of these things is ketamine, um, I was watching, it was a, it was a documentary on um, uh, the battlefield and that type of stuff. And ketamine is a, a really number one drug to give soldiers who lose limbs just yeah. because, but I it's not been. necessarily a painkiller. Like it's not like it's not an opioid. So it, it, no, no, it just um, changes your perception. It doesn't yes, kill the pain. That's it. Yeah. So it's a perception changer and it's like a favorite of, of people who like go through severe physical trauma mm-hmm. to be given ketamine. Um, it's interesting. So now they're doing ketamine for the same thing. And it's a, uh, yeah, it can make you listen. And I believe that I had ketamine when I broke my arm and they, my arm was, it's this arm right here and it's still fucked up. I don't know if you guys can see, but I have. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Look at that big print. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. I really, I mean, I broke it in I <coughs> like too. this from yeah, here. Like it, and like it popped yeah. out of your arm. Yeah. Oh yeah. My, my compound fracture. Not. Uh, so it never broke the skin, so they didn't oh. call the compound. Oh, but, but it was you can see out. the bone looking it was through trying that. to get out, you know? Yeah. This, like, this yeah. is my bone, just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the skin was right like there. Like a zit just busting. <laughs> yeah, ready to be pop. Yeah, so they gave me morphine for the pain, and then then once it was time for surgery, uh, and actually it wasn't even surgery because they didn't cut my skin. They used an operation. They, like, put a weight on it. They just, they just um, I, when I, I just got Grand Theft Auto 3. It's 2000 and, what, four. Yeah, um, 2003. Earlier, I think. I think it was 2003. It was fifth grade, All and right, I um and um and they gave me the drug, and I had the best fucking time ever. I was <laughs> in Grand Theft Auto doing my thing. I remember it like it was. I remember the vision like it was yesterday, <laughs> just running around as the guy in L.A. And yeah. it was that for a while, and it was fun, and that was definitely not propanol. <laughs> or um general anesthesia it was yeah. it was something that was more of a hallucinogen not a hallucinogen but like a um yeah it was it i was think good. if you don't mind i don't mind to cut you off now yeah, yeah i'm good yeah a, I've been a good forever. dovetail into talking about the, the mind body experience that we can kind of wrap things up is that yeah an interesting part of uh, anesthetics is that there's certain anesthetics that don't actually put you to sleep and make you you know not feel anything yeah what they do is they delete your memory of what happened when it happened which is almost the Terrifying. same as not happening which yep. seems yeah. insane to me because if someone told me i can either make you go to sleep the whole time or you can be awake through the entire surgery but you'll never remember yeah. it i'll say uh give me the one where i don't ever know it yeah but, but your mind perceives those two things as identical the same it, it, identical. millions of surgeries a year happen where people are they don't know this because they're undergoing surgery. They're well aware of everything that's happening. They know everything that's happening to them at the time. But because of the way it affects your mind, your neurosystem, they wake up and it's as if it never occurred. And to them, thank you so much, doctor. Thank you for putting me under, quote unquote. Thank you for saving my life, X, Y, Z. But in the moment, if you could dive into the people's brains, they were experiencing the trauma of having surgery but they don't remember it at all. And to them, thank you so much. It's just as good. That blows my mind that you would actually do a drug where it's like, it cannot make you not realize it. It can only make you forget. And because of the will of the human psyche, that's just as good. So strange. No, it is. I remember one time my, um, so when I got my wisdom teeth out, they gave me like a painkiller plus I think midazolam, which is like a super hardcore Xanax type of thing. 
And they said, hey, you're going to hear sounds and all you need to think about is remote control cars. Pretend these are remote control cars driving around. And then all of a sudden I I was in a car. Like, and then I, like, I I was awake the whole time. Yeah. When it happened, it was in 2000, but they're like, they had to smash and bang and drill and pull. Yeah, I remember waking up during mine too and I could feel them pulling at it and they were like, (laughs) were looking down at me. But in my head, that never even happened. It was just- Yeah, but I barely remember anything, but I was not asleep. They gave me sedatives that they told, they told me, think of this. And then they went, here we go. Like, and that was it. It was totally nuts. Um, but one thing, um, before we, before we wrap it up is, um, nobody, I have one experience, not experience, but a, I've been around all this stuff with ayahuasca. So, cause I do want to talk about, um, you know, perception real, I, before we wrap up, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Cause there's, we, we've hinted on it a couple of times, but like my uncle, um, uh, was, all about the stuff and i remember one time i was in the kitchen with him and he's like this is ayahuasca and he's making it in a pastel he's doing this thing wow he's making it himself wow. he's making himself yeah he's doing ayahuasca with actually someone he rented a room to at his house in sudbury and um who played guitar and lived there and they were going to do ayahuasca okay. and it was gonna be a couple hours long and i remember a lot of these things i never did it um but um can someone here explain the difference to me between ayahuasca and dmt because I know you can go to Mexico right now or Costa Rica. Yeah, it's just, it's just a way. Have a whole week of ayahuasca. It's just the way you, it, your body accepts it. You can either smoke it, like Joe and I did, through the vape, or you can ingest it. But when you when you smoke it, you're taking a, a, a you know a big enough amount and getting it all at once. Yeah. And Whereas, it gets your bloodstream right to your brain. Right. Where you, you ingest I, things, it takes a while to digest it and right. get into your system. Plus, your since you have that, since you're mis- uh, mixing the DMT plant with the inhibitor plant, the inhibitor plant is what's keeping your body from soaking up all that DMT, which is what you don't have when you smoke it. You have nothing to slow the process down. That's yeah. why the ayahuasca it lasts for so long. The MOAIs, like you said, Dylan, those are the things that make your body stop d- dissolving the DMT so you can experience the trip for longer and longer. Got it. Okay. All right. So it just like, like for yeah. all we know, like our bodies could be like dripping DMT right now, but we don't feel the effect Constantly of it because it, it's just breaking down. It just keeps breaking down so fast that we don't even recognize it. Yeah. Interesting. So ayahuasca oh. is just DMT without the, the, it's no speed pass. It's a marathon, not a sprint version. Yeah. Cause Correct. the whole process that I've heard is that like you uh, make a tea, ingest the tea. Um, you start to feel something violently throw up for a while. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the shamans tell you. It probably that tastes like old this, people. I would puke that, too. Probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No shit. yeah it probably does not taste very good. I can't imagine. I'm Smashed sure. up like, you know, wood pulp you know over your tongue yeah. you have to drink yeah. it Ugh. yeah well you like throwing you're like you're uh ridding your body of negative energy by throwing yeah. it up um well, which would be spiritual version of it um, but the real version yeah but the real body. version of your body is like get this out <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah exactly yeah. yeah so and then and then for a while they sit in this room full of people and just experience love and happiness and this yep. and that and Mother Ayahuasca, which seems like Joe might have sort of touched upon. A lot of people see a woman, and a lot of people will see it multiple times, and they refer to the woman as their girlfriend. 
you know, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I heard the purple lady and people do it multiple times yep. and see the same a being. I wouldn't, I wouldn't yep. call it a person because it's not really a human. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, from my readings, it's literally, it's mother ayahuasca or gnomes, trolls. Yep. Or yeah, they call elves. it the, the machine elves. Yeah. Yeah, the elves. Yeah, so, or elves. Yeah, exactly. But I'm, yeah, I have not yet to see an entity. I can't, I can't wait. But I think even because of my last one, if the next time I don't don't do it, I'm not going to be disappointed like I was a lot, like yeah. oh I didn't get to see an entity because it was it was a like, like we were saying you don't get to this you don't get to plan your itinerary you just yep. get to you know punch your ticket and then you're on for the ride yep you launch and, and you go where they want you to go exactly right yeah. so Brennan, just, you mentioned sorry Joe no no go ahead I was gonna say Brennan, you mentioned um, meditating so like you meditate and then you do this and then that seems to help do you meditate frequently sort of um sort of uh, in a way um like when i you know, i'll take my dog for a walk and then i'll tie him up in the backyard and i'll basically and i i know my neighbors probably think i'm weird shit because you know i'll take no, out my, no no they I'll don't take, <laughs> they i'll take out don't. my i'll take out my i'll just be like kneeling down because like i'm not my dogs don't let me sit down outside in a chair i have to be on the ground if i'm in a chair they just bark at me if i'm on the ground They'll just come sit next to me and they'll be fine. I don't understand why. <laughs> so a lot of the times I'll just be too hard. I'll just kneel on the ground and I'll smoke a bowl and they go and do their thing. And I just kind of like close my eyes and like, just, you know, um, Hey, hey, hey. Oh, they, he uh, you. Here comes, here comes the, fox. the fox is coming through just like I told you. Hey, yeah. Like I have my bird feeders. I love to just sit out there and, and like just zone out. So I, I equate meditating with zoning out. Hold on. Hey. <laughs> hey, there we go. I can't believe that they only started after this long. I thought they were the whole podcast. Oh, no, that was good. We we made it a long time. I'm actually really happy how oh, much dogs, time yeah. the dog didn't bark. Because when he first entered the room, I was like, "What's up?" And he's like, bork, bork. I'm like, "Oh shit!" There we go. So funny. All right. Good dogs. Such a good alert dogs. Yeah. Well alert. But uh, yeah. So uh, meditating. Yeah, I guess I would. I don't like do it as ritualistically but um i i like to kind of just like take all the pressures of everyday you know rat race and just be like boom um that's why i love to go hiking yeah um, i love right, you know because yeah. i f i find hiking is a form of meditation because i'm just out there totally. just yeah. walking like i don't know how many times i've zoned out i do this with my dogs quite frequently too we'll go to a spot we've never been to before like it's on my day off i'm like all right it's 10 o'clock we have until like 6.30 before I want to be like out of the woods. So we can go anywhere yeah. and we frequently yeah. go somewhere to get lost. And, you know, whenever we find our way back, we find our way back, you know, as long as we yeah. make it back before dark. I but think yeah. there's something inherently human in that too. Like there is something a part of being a homo sapien that you enjoy activities like that because as part of survival, you know, a hundred thousand years ago, which is that you're going to get lost. You're going to find yep. your way back. Yeah. And the genetic reward for that is that you feel the feeling of like satisfaction and like clarity through that. Yep. But yeah. I think the reason why I meditated beforehand because I wanted to prepare myself not to freak out. Mm. So I wanted to make sure that I, I like took all my preconceptions of what was going to happen or what I was going to feel out and just be like, okay, here you are, do it with no expectations to as much as you can actually have no expectations. 
because of right. course you're going to be anticipatory and be like I, you know i think this is what's going to happen next and that's why the first time i had to tell myself to breathe i think if i didn't meditate before then i would have just been whoa this is so out of control i don't like it so yeah no totally has anybody here um gone to a like genuine six foot tall gong session no no highly highly recommend that yeah um where you lay on your back and there's some dude up there with the you know looks like a drumstick with a big uh right around the bowl i um uh, so I've gone maybe like 10 times before the whole COVID thing. And um, it was through Kundalini Yoga, which is now he's like a rapist. It's or pronounced Kundalingus. So, exactly. <laughs> so as I say, it's like, it's not Kundalingus. I know what that means. That's when. Um, oh, no, uh, that's after the session. Not after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. When Once you become friends with them, they start to bring you in deeper and deeper and deeper. I am your um, Deepak yoga instructor. Is Kundalingus. I mean, Kundalingus yoga, hot yoga. I'm going to be very close to you and in your psyche. You, know, you yeah. rise above it, but you go down below when you say so. Sorry. I'm that's kidding. what happens when you take the yoga pants off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so, uh, but, um, it's more of a, whatever, but like at the end, the guy would play, he buys these like crazy big gongs from Nepal that are like the size of a room and plays them for like, I think he did a 10 minute session at the end and, um, you get visual. That's gotta feel like a DM2 trip. He's been doing this for an hour, 10 minute gong session. No, he get, you like get visual, day. you get, you get the visuals of just um it's it's more like you know like your eyes when you close them you get red because of the light plus yeah. like white rings and blue rings and red rings of just it's flowing but you really feel like you're start to float so if someone could ha own a gong that i know i would <laughs> fucking love that because it's like it's really fun if you can these guys they, they play and train they play it for yeah. 10 minutes straight on your back and you close your eyes and you start to feel like you're fucking floating and seeing shit great way i probably imagine as someone who hasn't done these things to just really elevate the experience of everything just gongs uh, underrated yeah. fucking yeah. gongs are awesome yeah okay. i think because like the next time i do it i'm gonna have like um i'm gonna have some kind of music like I keep searching for like DMT music and it's all like, um, but you lose it as soon but, as you get into it. It just becomes right. But just the whole preparation of it, you know, to, preparation, to get to, right. Yeah. But, uh, all, right, play all, all, all the songs you want, as soon as yeah. you do it, the song's gone. All, all I can find is though, is like do this binaural frequency to unlock. Right. And I'm like, now that's not yeah. what I want. I want like yeah. the Pink Floyd kind of music, you know, yeah, the, yeah, that, that kind of thing to get me in the mood. You know, yeah, to get me on the launch pad. That's the kind of music you strip with and still be conscious with. Yeah. Other yeah, and my, my DMT, thoughts, you lose that shit. Yeah, exactly, Joe. Totally. Um, and my my thoughts on like 2022, which we're in, is that wow, every single aspect of modern day life is through a screen. And it sounds crazy. Your what are you talking about? I know, right? Yeah, right. Um <laughs> is your so one for stars the most real is your car window and your eyeballs i mean those are both screens that you kind of look through um and then you're on your phone your laptop whatever it is and same with music everything's been so 
Brendan, you know, you mentioned your friend Suzuki Samurai and this type of stuff. It was, this is still before then, but um, we went from record players, which are making noise from scratching, and then um, then to uh, vacuum tubes. And vacuum tubes produce the best fucking sound ever since everyone here is a metalhead. I know the three of us are. <laughs> um, vacuum tubes allow you to go 11 out of 10, yeah, if you yeah. get my reference. And have this no, um, it's just so good. Um, so to have a psychedelic experience with Spotify and your Alexa, I just feel like to start off, it'd be so fucking good to have an actual instrument that you feel the authentic vibrations from like a gong or something else like that, where you actually get to it, 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 hits every cell of your body yeah, in a it's a vibration different way room, not just a digital then, frequency in your ear well right. then leds and non and non things that are not real you know like binary lights yeah i don't know what you mean by non-binary <laughs> but... you know they lights oh <laughs> <laughs> actually dude oh wow you really hit something um yeah. yeah, you had to let me go on my diatribe. It'd only be two minutes long, but sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, I, go I, find thought I had to talk about perception, please. No, totally. So, but just, it's, everything's real. Everything is real, but some things are more real than other things. Like the sound Holy of shit, grass. Most profound thing said all night. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I didn't mean to say, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was, yep. Oh, thanks, Everything Everything is real, more real than more real, real than other yeah. things. You're so right. Yep. Hey, look, I'm not discounting my edibles experience from a year ago that i haven't been the same from since and it was down to the human experience and what's real and what's not and it scared the shit out of me and i'm like see that's weird because i've eaten a lot of edibles at one time and i've never had like that kind of experience i saw my brother and my mother and i was uh genuinely confused why they were any different from my dogs Oh, that's strange. That that's weird. Oh, wow. It was, and it wasn't fun. At all. It was terrifying. But yeah, that horrible like, time. That's why he's. And why man. I would? It wasn't. It was a. All yeah, I mean, if I couldn't distinguish my dog between humans, I I would feel the same way. Well, it was like well, because the dogs have consciousness thumbs. in everybody that makes us all like why us on this planet in this universe. Like I feel like there's almost more to and everything. And yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna do my yeah. diatribe really quick. Two minutes. It's just the idea that your perception of your brain is the function of what you understand. So it's, it's so easy to think of that when you open your eyes, open your ears, whatever, that's reality. Everything around you is real. It's easy to forget that all what's happening around you is your brain taking all this information and then giving you a video and being like, this is what it is. Your brain can never tell you what's going on around you ever. Even if you, you know, mm. you're a little bit sleepy or yep. if you drink caffeine, if you drink alcohol, it all shows you how susceptible your brain is to changing your nature of reality. Look through the eyes of a dog. They don't have the same cones yeah. in our eyes. They see differently. Bees they have a big nose violet. way out in front, so they have a blind spot right in the middle. Yeah, we yeah. have a we have a, a, a blind spot right. under our eyes because we yeah. constantly see our nose and our brain deletes it. Yeah. Look through optical illusions or even how blind animals see their perception of reality is happening in the same world we think as we are, yep. but it really shows you when you do hallucinogens, the cutoff between this is all just what my brain tells me is going on. 
Because when you're looking out, it looks, it feels as real and it feels the same as if you were in the same room you were in. And when it's over, you are in the same room. That's what your brain tells you. Right. In the exact same room because you're constantly having this sexual <laughs> feedback and your brain's constantly checking in like, is this real? Is this real? Is this happening? Is there a door still there? Door still there. Does it still smell like this? It's like a constant check and balances in your brain. And when you do things like hallucinogens or even alcohol, or even when you're dreaming, your brain is constantly checking in and saying, is this real? Is this real? Is this real? And you realize that our perception of what's going on is completely contingent upon what our brain tells us is going on. People who are born blind don't dream in vision. They don't even see blackness. They just don't see. see right. My best version of this someone described to me is that when you put one hand over your eye and you keep staring at the screen, like focus on me, Dylan, what's your other eye seeing right now? Focus on me. It's not seeing anything. It's yeah. not seeing blackness. Yeah, it's there. not yeah. seeing, it's just, it, it's, it just it doesn't, focus on you. it's, it's not, not there. Yeah. 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 So that, that's an act, that's an access of what your brain is doing where it's like, so it's hard to imagine that kind of perception, but that's completely what's going on every day of existence. We can all agree upon certain things about reality, but ultimately it's just a concept of us taking in information. Our brain tells us as if we are different than our brain. Our brain tells itself, this is what's going on. And doing things like DMT can kind of break that illusion away even more than anything else to say, this is for sure what's going on constantly. We can agree on it, but the perception of what's going on to you is completely dependent on what your brain's doing all the time. Even if you're a normal sober human being, 24 seven, 190 IQ, everything that you know and smell and feel and taste and think about the world is contingent upon what your brain thinks. And nothing is more clear about that than when you tear the veil of reality apart and see, hey, maybe this isn't another dimension. Maybe it is. All I know is that my brain is telling me something else, but what's real. And it's completely not different than what it was before. It's just, it just, it feels like it's real. It's what real is. It's kind of, it's kind of the, the feeling I have, except I go a little bit beyond. I know you're going to go, you're crazy, but. No, no, um, no. Go ahead. Um, Cause it is a little, a little crazy, but the way I perceive the brain is it, all it is, is processing information like a computer you know you yes. know everyone says brain's computer um a biological computer it's the best right. computer in existence that we know about i think what dmt kind of does is it supercharges that computer so uh, like you hear the stories of um like you know soldiers when they're at war they they get fueled with adrenaline and it actually feels like time is slowed down for them um, like the elite soldiers, you know, they can, the perception they can, of time they, can slows, they can feel that adrenaline and they can like not freak out and they can control their breathing and they can ride it. And, but it's, I mean, I've been in a car accident where I felt the same thing where I lifted myself off of the seat as the car was coming in and it was super slow motion. Um, what it felt like. So I, I just think that as with adrenaline affecting, you know, certain aspects of your brain, DMT, it increases the amount of information you can process at one time. And you see the visuals, right? Well, there's this mathematician back in the day, and he figured out that he could take these complex equations and put them on a graph and graph them out. 
called the Mandelbrot set, and it looks just like it can be just like what Joe has in the background. It's just an, an infinite loop of an equation that is visualized. And that's kind of why I have a feeling that DMT just like gives you that power to process so much more. And that's why you have the ability to see what you're seeing and it affects you the way it does. That's just my concern. No, that's a, that's a really brilliant point. And it's, yeah. it's salient as fuck because that really is the, the sense of it. There is some, it feels like beyond even DMT, there's some underlying, like math is our way of describing the nature of reality. Right. But math, like math is, is just in the nature. language. Math is in nature everywhere. Like if you see in a forest, you see a bunch of trees, you yeah. will see the same geo geometrical pattern. Yeah, like the Fibonacci sequence. Yeah, on the smaller it. on the smaller trees that are growing, they yeah. they like geometrically match the the limbs in the tree, which yeah. is I mean I, I have the feeling it's all about math. But then you get into the crazy part where like yeah, that's because the aliens created us like that, and they use their math because they're so much smarter than me. Which um, I mean, there was a time when I was into the old uh, alien ancient aliens things now. But I've moved what on. Was that yesterday? No, it was like a, uh, I think about a year ago. I I transitioned into the ancient civilization theory. Which, oh, uh, there we go. Still on. Yeah. Nice. So I mean, maybe before the ancient civilization, that's when the ancient aliens right, were around. But right. I don't think the Egyptians um, and like Gobekli Tepe. I don't think they had aliens visit them then. I think maybe the people from the ancient civilization who saw the aliens they kind of taught them how to do it but yeah yeah i'm kind of feeling that too but real okay. quick to jump on that i think that it's, it's almost the same thing <coughs> i i don't think that um it's almost chicken or the egg idea where i don't think that the universe is based on mathematics and i just like i don't think that um a chicken is called a chicken it just is it, and, yeah and the, the the letters we use to describe the word C-H-I-C-K-E-N is what we call a chicken. And the way we can develop mathematics, because we're so smart, to learn about the Mandelbrot set and things like that, it, it, it's our way of describing what already is. I don't think, I think it's the chicken before the, I don't think that the universe is based on mathematics. I think mathematics is a beautiful way of describing how the universe already works. And it's the same as naming the color red. The color red exists, whether we call it red or not. Whether well, there is ocular nerves or not, and whether one plus one equals two, the universe still acts that way. So math is like our way of describing this beautiful underlying law of the universe. We just found a way to describe it. Except that math is something that can be proven, whereas the color red is a subjective thing. That's yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, no one can prove that your red is my red. We just are pretty sure it Correct. is. Correct. But right, if I yeah. tell you that E equals MC squared, that it's that's, still that's, true no matter what yeah right yeah but i don't i don't i don't think the universe decided that e equals mc squared i think we we wrote that out and we said that's why it is it always was it's just that but how we can describe but it, how did it get that way but like how could how could so much math like solve? Well, how can so many letters describe things the math well, is our our, our because language we, we made those letters up but who made the math up well, we, we didn't, we, who made the chicken up? It's like the math wasn't made up like that people had to be like, well, if we do this, 
equation of how gravity works. It has See, this to is be the question for the this is a question for the machine elves. That's what, that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. I got questions. Yeah, about ask them. We need to I, know. I think math is just a description of what's already doing, and because we can prove it, it means that we're right about what's happening. It doesn't mean that math caused it. It's it's a cause and effect thing. Math is our way of describing what's true. We can prove it over and over again. It doesn't mean that truth causes math. It's that math describes truth. I think. I think it proves truth. It proves truth. That's right. a good point. Yeah. So let's get into machine. Let's get into final thoughts here, boys. I think we're, we're so before we get to final thoughts. Um, Sorry, go ahead, Dylan. Before we get to, so actually maybe machine elves first and then then final thoughts because yeah I let's hit machine elves then final thoughts I have a question final thoughts because final thoughts is kind of like final and that would I know be I'm like, sorry yeah. I was at the clock and I was like fuck <laughs> we're going long again but uh, sorry go ahead Dylan no I think machine elves then I have a question for you guys to cattle as a catalyst for final thoughts perfect so Brendan or did the question have a thought for you. Oh. I've got plenty of. What do you mean? Yeah. Does the question have a thought for me? The question has a thought for you guys because it is very specifically towards the two of you, not me. But <coughs> um, Brendan, machine elves. Then I'm gonna ask you guys a question Get as open. a catalyst for final thoughts. Go ahead, okay. Brendan, machine elves, because I do want to talk about this. Yeah, there's been uh, an overwhelming report of, from other people's GMT trips that they see the machine elves um similar phenomenon between completely disparate individuals they never talk to each other but they experience the same, same thing, thing. Yep. how could that be possible correct that's why it's the whole computer versus what's out there it's like the part of the reason well, that what, I, are, I, what are the machine elves what, what do they describe them as Just they're, the, they're, they're part they're, they're the entities you have the machine elves you got um like other entities the scary ones the things um, that you see when you're when you're you know inside yeah of it's like but the way people describe it is like the machine elves are always a machine help and then they're morphing into something else and then the machine elf so it's not like it's always there and it's always the same thing it's, it's popping up everywhere but um, there's been people experienced that the machine elves are talking to them. Um, Terrence McKenna talks about he was conversing with the machine elves and they kept telling him to do it, to do it, to do it, to do it. And he said... Um, and then he started the company Nike, am I mistaken? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then he said he could feel, he was trying to say something, but when he came out, it came out as a physical thing. And, that, and the machine elves were like, yay. So the machine elves are supposedly like the the friendly first meet entities that kind of welcome you. you. Yeah, they're encouraging you to like, you know, look at this, look at this. Like a lot of people have the same experience where the machine elves are telling them what to look at and what to do, you know, do this, look at that. Um, but yeah, like they're, they're excited to, to help you experience this. Yeah, they're like the welcoming committee. Like a lot of people um talk about how when they get there they're all like hey welcome back like i've never been here before which is cut brings up the uh you know yeah, maybe, or they maybe, think you, maybe you were here at birth and they haven't seen you since then because they don't right. see you as a little baby or a 30 year old or a 54 year old they see your your spirit which is undefined in age it's just there wild because yeah because uh being in the dmt realm time doesn't exist it's not like time um like you feel like you're in there for two hours when i was in there 
I have no idea how long I was in there. It didn't feel like a minute, two minutes, an hour, three hours. It didn't feel like anything. Um, but yeah. Um, but but important. You didn't think that it was infinity though, because I know that was. No, I didn't. No, I knew it was going to end, and I and okay, I didn't. Yeah, want that's it important. Yeah. That's very important. This yeah, it wasn't like, like I'm. I'm oh, I'm lost here forever, and like uh, you know, like. Uh, uh, Leo it, and did, it did last much much yes, longer Leo, than yeah. my experience like it was at least twice as long and I, oh. I, I was only nervous about it because of the fact that it was lasting so long but seeing him laugh so genuinely <laughs> it was I awesome. was like he's fine like if he was nervous he was yeah. showing every like he was having a joyous experience I wasn't about to interrupt that you know yeah no it was, uh, it, was, it was a great time great freaking time but yeah I would love to um I want to I want to see the elves I, I got questions I want to know what's this uh, I I just want to learn, but I, I started thinking about getting into this DMT, um, not more as a psychedelic experience, but more as a spiritual experience, because I believe that there's something out there. And I, I thought, and I still kind of think that this is a conduit to help me see what that is like, or experience or feel it, um, yeah. that kind of thing, you know, cause I'm not into the whole um, institutionalized religion thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I equate myself more to a spirituality of a native American, um, sort mm -hmm. of, I mean, I'm not into like worshiping the sun gods and sacrificing <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. young virgins, you know, to appease the sun God kind of thing. But, um, I do like how I have that feeling it, it like nature, you know, like, be in tune with what the nature around you and work together yeah. and have this symbiotic relationship with everything out there. That's what I feel my spirituality is. And I think DMT helps me get more clarification to that. Awesome. I understand that deeply and definitely appreciate that. <coughs> Were you going to ask him something, Dylan? Before final thoughts? Yeah, for final thoughts is that like I... Were you going to ask us a question or do you want to go right into final thoughts? Uh, no, a question to start off final thoughts, but okay. overall is that everything that um, Brendan said is something that I relate to and just feel I connect with very much. Um, the earth, the rocks, the trees, the animals, the, the birds and the bees to, to give you energy to just feel connected to something. And sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, um, but overall it's, it's a good thing. Um, my question is, because um, people who have done psychedelics of any kind, especially some people who never did them for a long time, whatever it is, once they finally do, they categorize their experience with these substances as the top five most meaningful things that have ever happened to them in their whole life whether they're on their deathbed or not. So since everyone here, excluding me, has done most of these, is DM... Is oh, I haven't. I was just making it up for the podcast. Oh, yeah, right, right. So is your experience... Yeah, I, I watch a lot of videos. Does your DMT experience, is this one of the most eye-opening, um, uh, just like, that for feeling sure. you get right in the middle here for, is, yeah. is it one of those experiences is it that's all i'm gonna ask for sure and how is life how has life changed since absolutely yeah like broke uh, or not broke through? 
doing other psychedelics and stuff, it was just like, yeah, I want to see stuff and I want to trip out and have fun. This was so leaps and bounds in a whole different category. Um, it was definitely more spiritual, more um, um, kind of like being an explorer in a new in a new realm, you know, mm-hmm. um, like something that I believe is out there beyond us, but like, you know, some call it heaven, some call it Valhalla, you know, that kind of thing. I believe that there's something out there. And if this is a, a conduit, is it, if this is like the Bifrost to, uh, you know, go see Thor and Odin kind of thing, then uh, I, you know, I'd like to explore what maybe it is, you know, like, it, or, or actually, what is it? Is it, you know, something that's trying to trick us or, is it just something that our brain is hiding away in there to make us feel better? It's what I'd like to explore. I'd like to see like where it, where it takes me. Awesome. Is life more, um, since, since you've done DMT, is it, is there more, um, do you, do, when you get in your car to go to, to go to work, is it different? Like, do you, um, I change like I drastically you, or... up until like, uh, the middle of January, um, and I equate that with just being cooped up in here. My my spirit doesn't want to be cooped up in my house. My spirit wants to be out there. So I've been pretty agitated the past uh, month or so because I just don't I I don't want to go outside because it's too fucking cold or there's snow everywhere or the dogs don't want to be out there for more than five minutes. I want to be you know I want to be out there. Like I like I said, uh, it's supposed to be a nice day on Monday, and uh, I'm planning on just being outside all day with the dogs hiking around and it'll be the most satisfying thing I've done in months. Awesome. Awesome. Right on. Cool. Yeah. Joe? I haven't had that much of um, a everlasting experience after doing DMT. Cause I don't think I broke through and really surrendered myself. Like I said, I was fighting against it, but I can at least answer the question similarly to doing LSD. We're like in that moment within those like 10 hours or so when you're hitting the peak, you start to have new ideas about like how your life is going and, perceptions about what's important and what's unimportant and what matters to you and what doesn't matter and it really does change your mind and you become happier in the moment kind of just living it in that particular portion because you're taking in so much more information i always describe it as your brain is a as like a corridor of hallways and you have a mansion every day you're alive but you only wake up walk to the bathroom, walk to the kitchen, walk outside to work, walk mm. inside. And there's all these sections of your house. And then maybe one day you get bored and you go and check out the, the, the guest bedroom or whatever, but it's very rare. And for a small moment of your life, every single door in that mansion is open at all times and you have roller skates on. So you're just, oh, I'm back and forth. I'm here, I'm there. And these rooms you didn't even know were connected. Oh, there's a secret passageway to here? Who yeah. knew that was connected to here? And everything is open at the same time. So you're making connections that you can never make. It's not even your fault. You just can't make yeah, those connections. Can't do it. Yep. Those in doors are locked. Life, yep. it, your brain is constantly fighting against that. And your brain wants you to be a boring motherfucker who survives off of eating bone marrow and not getting killed by lions. So like, <laughs> it just wants to go back there. So unfortunately, even when you're having that, feeling above of what you you are and you're understanding things in a way that you might not understand it simple way you're not going to reach nirvana this way it takes a lot mm. of practice of course people spend their whole lives doing it but you have a taste of the difference in mentality that you can't taste otherwise but then you know the next day 
all you can do is hold on to those memories you had at that moment. And hopefully your brain locks them in. And you go, remember that moment. Yeah. Remember those thoughts you had, those thoughts you couldn't have later. But, you know, without doubt, a week later, your brain just like, all right, back in the fucking cage. Like, like yeah. it wants to go back to the normal shit. It doesn't want you to be thinking that all the time. And it makes sense. Evolutionarily, you can't be always contemplating reality at all given times. Maybe now we can. We're safe humans in a household. We have police officers we have heat we have everything we need to like no one's gonna kill me yeah. when i'm sleeping yeah bear, uh, wolf's not gonna come around the corner and just uh, take, take <laughs> right. out the family exactly yeah. we have that now but our biology is still there in the campsite like i always say like we're, we're built to be survivalists so although that's an amazing mentality to make and i think that only our species can really understand that kind of decentralization of ideas and this open-mindedness of what it means to be alive what it means why are we here what is this all about your brain will not allow you to, to conceive that for longer than a day because it's just not it's just not feasible so i love those moments and all you can do is hold on to them and try to force yourself to remember them because ultimately your brain will put the airbag back on just like we talked about earlier and it, and it wants to force you back into that perception that of whatever safe, room you're that in safe bubble whatever that thing you're used to do yep. that's what you need to be in to eat food tomorrow and whatever you need to do to pay money that's what you get to that. that's about wow that. Right on. yeah right on don't want to do final thoughts on the team let's do it yeah My Since you guys but, both said stuff, I'll... Uh, yeah, I'll mine's real off. quick. It, uh, it, uh, it was a fabulous, fabulous every single time. Wonderful. Um, I can't wait to do it again. Um, I'd like to do it outdoors next time I do it. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking um, the Crow Hill Cliffs. Dylan, if you don't know where the Crow Hill Cliffs are... Okay, I'm going to drag you about 100 feet back from that area. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go way back. But, yeah, I'm going to go way back. Biked, I have dirt bike to Crow Not like you're going to jump. That, when when you're on DMT, you can't even move. Huh? Oh God, I was just say I've dirt biked Crow Hill. Is that the same place? It's sort of it, near the area. Yeah, it's like a huge cliff. There's a Crow Hill uh, dirt bike uh, course. Oh, that, uh, that might be just beyond it, but like yeah. if you, it's like near Wachusa Mountain. Yeah, yeah. you can yeah, see Wachusa Mountain. There. Yeah, it's yeah. like a you know 100, 125 foot cliffs, like huge. It's uh, Ooh, it's cool. uh, it's That's awesome. It's one of my favorite places. Huge. One of my favorite places in the whole world, uh, right here in Lemonster, Mass. Pro Hill Cliffs. Check okay. it out. But yeah, you definitely love it. It's fucking awesome. But yeah, that's where I want to do it because that's where every time I go there, like you know, just to smoke a bowl and hang out, I I feel so spiritual and connect because it's like, I mean, Good energy. Yeah, you, you, you get to part of the planet that you live. I, on. I I get upset sometimes when a little plane goes by, and I'm like, you're you're ruining it for me with all this <laughs> technology. I don't want this. I just want peace and quiet and nature. And yeah. uh, saw saw our golden eagle fly right in front of me one time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah, great. Yeah. So that's definitely. I think uh, next time I do it, I want to do it there because I think um, just the whole it'll it'll get me to a great experience. Like what I'm. I. I want to say what I'm looking for, but I don't know what I'm looking for. But yeah, maybe even if you did know, yeah. it's yeah. not up to you. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, I'm just interested to see what what's next. Awesome, that's cool, Brandon. Did you want to go, Dell? Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, 
I think that uh, all of these things, especially DMT, because this is about DMT, bring most people, if not all people who do them to a place um, of mutual understanding. And there's just, it's just too strange for me to believe that there's common themes, like I said, elves in Mother Ayahuasca, that whether you're, so like there's a, there's a, uh, you know, if you're going to have a control here, it's that your backgrounds, we are human compared to dog or bird or golden eagle. Um, and, but that's just being human is not enough to, for me to justify the fact that everyone sees pretty much the same thing. Like why a woman, not a man, you know, why an elf, not a, uh, you know, uh, a, a normal size person, you know, yep. like, we're talking short people with whatever it is. Um, I think that, you know, when it comes time for death and this type of thing, if we're getting access to DMT, the spirit, you know, which has been done for a long time, it's been found in, like I said, in, in, uh, lynx bones or whatever you said, Puma, um, Puma. Puma, even crazier Puma bones from people been doing this forever. And it was a rite of passage in the pathway to manhood for, you know, people, you know, boys specifically, there's something more to this and it only takes people who've done it to know it. Um, it's also interesting that in like the native Americans, they held like in most native Americans, the women were, were in charge of all the social structure mm -hmm. of the tribe. The women were like revered and more powerful, which is so weird that it correlates with always being a woman that somebody yeah. that the entity that they see is not a man where in like West, western culture it's like well obviously the male dominant king right and you're subservient and all that other horse shit yeah yeah exactly and the native americans were known to be more connected to nature than anybody yeah. and um, they i'm sure they were doing the dmt back then too you know as part no, of their, absolutely yeah. and and um my spirit just like my yep. great grandfather was native american <coughs> and I just, I feel what you say about like some places like Crow Hill being a place of like peace and harmony and like a place you want to do things like this at, like have psychedelic yep. experiences and feel safe compared to other places. Like I've gone to a place, there are places that make me feel uneasy. I've always been a believer in certain energies around places, depending on events or things that take place there. And um, no, I get that. And that could be my Native American speaking, but I don't yeah. know, but like I, I don't know. I get it all, but I, I believe okay, Elizabeth DMT. Warren. Let's like take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm right. It's I'm not doing things for probably 20 years. Maybe I'll do them tomorrow. But overall, my pathway for where I'm at is that like I, I feel pretty connected to everything. Um, but I've also um just experienced some things that negatively affect me. And I'm just I'm mature enough to know, like, hey put the brakes on for a bit. You know, you want to yeah. be here. When I was 16, I was just looking for salvia. Like it was fucking candy. Couldn't <laughs> find it. And then, yeah, you know, yeah whatever. you're so, not ready. Like, like you said, you think you're ready. But you're not. Yeah. I've had bouts of it. I've had this thing, other thing, but right now, yeah, let's, let's just take it easy. But it's, it's part of the, I think it's been part of the human experience for arguably 40,000 years yep. um, down to 2000 recorded years um and this is this is something for um 
more discussion for sure and 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 studying and experimenting so mm-hmm. joe on to you man uh, yeah that's very well put dylan and i i do i do love that fucking summation of all that for, for me it's kind of up in the air i mean I, there's so many ideas in my head bouncing around but i'm so scientifically minded and i'm so used to just cutting down things because it just makes me feel more comfortable and i'm like bullshit bullshit can't stand it crazy idea shut it down but at, at some point you have to surrender yourself to the ideas that are beyond yourself and i like to think i'm a know-it-all i know everything i fucking figured how it's worth it's not true i don't know barely any shit and the smart people in the world know that they don't know anything and i think that's an important part of the process whether it's hallucinating or understanding the world as it is and experiences like that made me see that the perception of reality just isn't the same as what it is and it does take myself out of the full control you have of your life where you're like i get the program i do this i do that you know it's hot out today it's cold out whatever but as soon as you have these experiences you start to realize that not only can it be hot or cold out what even you're thinking is hot or cold doesn't really matter it can be 100 degrees and you're freezing because your brain tells you that's what's happening and i don't think that it's just your brain that's communicating here obviously i think that most of what i perceive in the world and most of what's explainable can be put down the legos like i said connect four whatever it, it's all in your head you can if we had the computers to do it we could decide what molecules hit what atoms bounce apart what electrons go through you could explain the whole thing but I would be lying to you if there wasn't a part of me that understands that there's some kind of underlying reality that we're not Mm. aware of. And I think it would be foolish and fucking naive for me to think that there's nothing beyond ourselves. If there is a supreme being beyond us, or even just a supreme idea beyond us, there's no way of me being able to communicate that to you. It's very close to the idea of having a religious experience and be like, I can't describe it. It's it. People see angels, people see demons, people see God, people see nothing. It's just what you see beyond your mentality of your brain. And I just really think that I've, you know, just thought I was a know-it-all naive guy who wants to fight against reality and what it is. But if there is a level beyond what we understand about the world, I'm totally on board with that. It makes total sense to me. I mean, if you're an ant living on planet Earth, we know your physical structure, we know your DNA, we know how anthills are made, but try to describe to an ant how a car works. Right. Five minutes. There's no Mm -hmm. fucking chance. And there's nothing about my understanding of the way the universe works that makes me think that I'm the person and not the ant. There's a very strong possibility that there's much more beyond us that we don't understand, whether that's God, whether that's the universe itself, whether that's some kind of crazy tachyon mixture that makes us who we are, or there is a veil you can break down where there is things beyond your understanding and perception. I'm not comfortable in saying one way or the other. All I know is that I don't know. And Do you think, think that DMT could help you get to, to that goal of getting closer to understanding? I'm not sure. I, I like to think it would, but I know that it can get me to the goal of understanding that I don't understand, which I think is an important thing of taking yep. humility in yourself. And I think the people who most understand the nature of not only our reality, but just the way the physical world works is that taking yourself apart from it and realizing that you don't have all the answers 
and opening yourself up to it. I don't think that necessarily a guy with a beard um, had sex with a, a Israeli woman who was 14 years old and then they magically made the <laughs> yeah. world better for people who started stabbing each other. <laughs> I don't think that's true, but all the ideas in that are fucking fantastic. And just because there might be a veil beyond what we are now, I don't think necessarily means that there has to be a, a, a man like a human man with a white right. beard telling us what to do, but maybe he or she or whatever it is, is beyond that. And it's just not our nature to say like, like, again, I feel like because we can look down to ants and say, you don't know how an eternal combustion engine works. You fucking idiot. Yeah. There very well may be beings outside of our perception that look at us and go, you don't understand yeah. how the universe works. Yeah. You're just sitting there with your fucking car. You think you're mm -hmm. so smart with your internal combustion. Engine. Mm. <laughs> so I don't know if it's ripping apart the veil of reality or it's just our mind perceiving it differently, but it does make me think that um, I'm uh, a part of a, a bigger thing than what I am. And it reminds me that I don't know anything, which I think is important and it's humbling. Yeah. And I think, I think it's, it doesn't scare me, but I think that um, DMT might be the closest besides uh, a death experience, not even near death, but a death experience where we can get to a possible understanding. But what does scare me is that where does it, like, where does it end? Like if we are compared to um, a dog, an ant, a cat, a this, that other thing, like I just, I just see this like universal life form. Imagine a big ball of light looking like this. It's in me, it's in you two, it's in our pets, it's in ants. Like. No one really knows why. And uncles. Heart... And uncles. Yeah, yeah but I, I, right. And yeah. uncles. Um, a heart keeps beating, you know, like what's this universal life source that keeps it all going? Um, so we know that we have arguably more consciousness, but we're also more secure than like a, a wolf who's fighting for survival. So a wolf who's domesticated ends up being a dog sort of who's cool and chill yeah. and has a personality but in the wild they're just like angry and fighting yeah. and you poke them and they just go and you go that's a me animal let's kill it you know yeah, yeah. they're just um, all into eating eat sleep sex that's it not that's it yeah exactly so exactly so like us humans who we have all kinds of time for netflix also yeah, yeah good point yeah exactly so but like it scares me a little bit to just go like well all right so one why us and why are we here for sure, like very confusing to me. Um, and and then what? what's it all for and what's next? Like, I think a lot of it's meaningless, but like, what is it about? And if DMT can give us some sort of an answer or a feeling, because you're not probably going to get a direct answer, as you yeah. know. Explain it's to the end. Feeling like, Explain hey, I it. feel, and it's typically from my experience, probably more of a love is the real feeling. But like, what is the creator what is there's just so many questions that it just the more you know the more questions you have the less you know you know type yeah. of thing yeah that's kind of how mm -hmm. i feel about the whole thing is that like dmt brings just more questions to me yeah the more you know the more you'd end up not knowing yeah, yeah. that's really you know, my the theory you know you on dmt know. is like that's it is that like and then you have a finite amount of time to just be like fucking this is awesome and uh, i'm really appreciative and thankful um because i know what i know 
And maybe that is all it is. I mean, it, maybe. it seems yeah. like a sad thought to think, but I always bring it back yeah. to the idea it is like thinking about passing on the other side or, or dying or what that means, whether you have the flood of the DMT in your mind, whether the angels take you up or whether um, you know the demons take you down. It's the idea of like, <laughs> what's going to happen to me after I'm not here? Because as a person, you're built to think I'm all there is. You can learn to be humble. Mm. You learn to be, you know, not self-absorbed. But like, ultimately, every day, your brain's saying, it's me, it's me, it's me. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. And the idea that you're not existing, it's fucking terrifying. Yeah, but, yeah you, your physical but, form is gone. And yeah, it's all you can think about. Yep. I'm here. If I'm not here, all I can picture, like we picturing before, is a black abyss of nothing. It's like yep. picturing being locked in a coffin, but you never die. But I think it's it's more of the you putting your hand over your eye and looking with your other eye and seeing that I don't see anything there. I like to think of it more as the, and I think it's more accurate, is that all the shit that happened to you before you were alive, you don't miss out. You weren't like, fuck, I, I missed my oh, mom's yeah, 18th missed- birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, what was I doing? Oh, I was in my mom's womb. And I'm like, oh, shit, I was so, I mean, get me out of here. Yeah. You don't even remember that. I think that when you're when you're gone over, I, I hope to think that we're experiencing more than that. But I don't think you're gonna you're gonna miss out that that much. It, it's not the fact that right, it's right eternal nothing. It's not eternal nothing. It's never was and not never was in your mind. It's because ne- people will understand and remember you in perpetuity. You will be remembered. And you live on to the people that you know and love, and the impact you had on others. The selfishness of the ego is that I want to be alive forever i never want to die even if i'm tired and miserable and humans are built to live for 70 years plus by nature but now we're living 150 years it's not about living forever it's about the fact that you wish you were born earlier because you missed out you didn't miss anything you just were and then you weren't and i don't think you're gonna miss out when we're gone i think we're gonna experience insane uh reality and maybe we'll be taken up to heaven or, or whatever the the second nature of it is but i don't think we'll be sad when we're gone because i don't think we'll think i wish i was born july 7th not august 7th i never yeah. thought that before yeah yeah i, just, uh, I, wish, I wish i were i was born a couple days earlier yeah because I, right. I missed the first part you don't even remember the first part what the fuck yeah. do you care it's like the anesthesia is is yeah. never having known it the same as forgetting yeah. it correct yeah, I just I just hope that it's uh, I hope it's reincarnation because I like this. That's all. You know, right, like but even when you're reincarnated, you'll forget what you did the first time. I know, I know, but I like it. I know that there's something in me that would probably say, "Hey, I, I fucking like this. I like my friends, like my family." That's it. You know, like I just and and like I always think about people that I've lost, and um, I saw that in them. You know, yeah, every single one of them, and um, and if all of a sudden they were to come back and experience pain, something we don't like. Yeah. No one likes pain. Like I'm talking physical pain, not emotional pain. Like, like, Hey, uh, someone stabbed me in the arm. It would, they, I can picture all of them opening their eyes and being like, shit, I'm here. You know, this is awesome. You know, and that's something to think about that. I think yeah. about, a little, you know, I'm not, I'm not so much a believer in reincarnation, but I am definitely because of DMT open to the idea of it. Yeah, you know, I, can, like I, said, I don't No one. I have no fucking idea because we all the three of us yep. all went to the same high school. So we know where our, <laughs> our yeah. um, foundation was. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and reincarnation ain't fucking part of that. So um, yeah, <laughs> but but I could I, I can see I, I can connect it. I can connect I, like the here. I can connect the rough dots to be like yeah I could see that as a possibility. But well, I, as I, opposed I, to like heaven, which no one even. Yeah, I mean, I don't, know, I don't even know what that's about. That sounds like if it's all too perfect, that sounds. I like. It, it just, I, I mean, like the. To me, it's yeah. It sounds like it would have to be some kind want, of altered dimensional idea because if it was just it's this but except forever, that doesn't sound like heaven to me. No one wants to live forever on Earth. You want to have some kind of transformation or or a, yeah. like an ascension or like a reincarnation. No one wants to be like yeah, and then you're 35, and then you're just hanging out at the cloud restaurant with your family forever. Even that right, sounds right. wonderful, but you've only been alive for 30 years. The fuck do you know what forever is? Forever yeah, but, isn't even a thousand years. Forever is 20 trillion years times a trillion. Like it's, yeah, but, not, it's but, but humans it, can't understand that. What crazy. that is. But you know, Joe, if I gave you thirty trillion dollars, you'd be unhappy in six months. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Is that, it's why not is that longevity? Good? It's about its quality, not quantity. For well, sure. See, no, my, know, but, but my, generation, have... my generation's view of heaven was, uh, or what we were taught, anyways, is you spend the rest of your life looking at the face of God, and it makes you so happy you never want to look <laughs> away. Absorb. I don't want. That. I mean, I at least I'm happy. I guess. I mean, even I happiness is a fleeting thought. Humans can't understand yeah, being yeah. happy forever is a nightmare because that That's means you never feel anything else. I, I don't want that. I want, I need every, this is my, so we're getting you crazy. You can't understand like, that because life one is of my, happiness forever. One of my things that I've been saying to everyone forever, because I judge people who travel a lot as someone who travels a lot. And I, I never have experienced happiness in any country I've been to or state or anything because of this one simple concept that I developed myself is that I never had enough days there to develop a routine and be absolutely fucking miserable. Yeah. And then <laughs> find, that's it. And then that's find know, a right? time be like, Hey, I, I had an authentic, like, wow, shit. I, I, I saw this one fucking hill that had a dandelion on it and made me fucking happy. I never had enough time to yeah. be sad You're only and then find happiness. Like, I went oh. there and said, hey, I'm happy because I've never seen the Cliffs of Moor before. Yep. You know, but I never went, I never went, hey, fuck that fucking stupid fucking cliff because yeah. it's a stupid cliff and fuck it. You know, and then, and then all of a sudden, six months later, I go, you know what? The coffee's better here and that's a pretty nice place. You know, like, <laughs> I, never, you know, I never had enough time. I never had enough time to do that. So, yep. you know, like, so as far as heaven goes, it's like, that sounds horrible. Like, if it's all perfect, then I don't have enough time to fucking hate it. <laughs> yep. Of course. I, I need to hate it. it. I, I mean, really believe in it. I can appreciate you know. it if you never had yeah. it. Uh, man, I found a friend in the and how can And how can a human tell you? shittiest shitholes of all fucking time. I fucking thought it was the end. And then someone's like, hey, man, um, you like Family Guy? Like Jeff, uh, Brendan, you know yeah. Jeff? Yeah. Um, one time I was in a shit-ass fucking shitty fucking class. And someone was like, hey, you like Robot Chicken? I was like, yeah. He's like, cool. You want to watch it right now? And I'm like, yeah. And now all of a sudden we're, we're friends for eternity, you know, because someone was like, hey, this is fucking shit. And um, I have Robot Chicken on my iPod. Uh, you want to check it out? Like, <laughs> Your iPod video. I was like, iPod. Whoa, shit. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, and then we watched fucking Robot Chicken. And that's mm -hmm. the story of me and Jeff. 
<laughs> that that's it's why great. we can't i don't think as humans begin to find paradise we well that's it i don't think we can we, we think it's eternal happiness but there's no way that's true people who had yep. the happiest lives didn't have happiness from start to finish if anything people who had that are fucking miserable by the time they're 20 and they want to uh you know, yeah find something else yeah like the rockefeller kid who went to the amazon and got eaten you know, he was like, I'm going to go, I, it's been perfect. So I'm going to go do yeah. something hard and be a normal <laughs> person. And he got eaten by cannibals, you know? So it goes. Right, it goes. I think we should probably uh, wrap It's been like up. six hours. Yeah, we'll yeah. <laughs> wrap it up. All right. It feels um, like a DMT trip. It's lasting forever, but it's really a small amount of time. When you wait a minute, I see the recording. We've been talking for 10 minutes. How happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, first off, um, let's give thanks to, uh, to Sarge. Thanks for everything. Thanks for. I'm excited. I'm excited. I finally got to do to do my uh, my DMT and, and discuss it with you guys. Yeah, yeah man, we we've got more. And we want you so back much. on. I've been dying to have you on here forever, and I'm I'm so happy that you, that you finally wanted to come out. We were welcome. Yeah, this was one of our best episodes, and we're we're pumped to have you. And just just thanks for uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing yeah, your experience. My pleasure. And, uh, Glad to be here. Glad to be yeah. part of the of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. totally. So. Um, yeah, thanks, Brent. Really appreciate it. Uh, it was great seeing you, and I hope to have breakfast or apparently dinner. Dinner. I'm They're both yeah, good. I'm telling you, dinner's pretty fucking yeah. good. <laughs> so if we could have dinner soon, I'd fucking love that. Yeah. I'm sure, yeah. Joe would too. Um, but uh, yeah. So uh, just before we wrap it up, movie, we have a big episode coming up next time. It's our 50th episode of the podcast. That like the uh, golden anniversary or no 50, 100 to golden, right? Silver. Is, do you give him something a borrowed or something blue? I can't yeah. remember. <laughs> yeah, I forget what it is. Uh, someone give us something borrowed, we'd appreciate it or blue. But uh, yeah, 50, <laughs> even uh, blue. We'll take. Yeah, 50 uh, next uh, next week. We got 50. This is 49 oh. with Sarge DMT. The Dylan Joe sure. Basement uh, podcast, and um, time for everyone to light a new bowl or have another drink or go to bed. And uh, we'll see you guys next week for I don't even know what we're talking about. Something crazy. Looking to try and get out, you know? Yeah. This, this <laughs> yeah. is my bone, just like. <laughs> yeah. The skin was right like there. Like a zit just busting. <laughs> yeah, ready to be popped. The German guy, because it was 1931. Um, Ooh, interesting time to be a German scientist. In about five <laughs> years, we have a different project for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, lo- I'm long past being a respectable citizen, so. <laughs> <laughs> It was through Kundalini Yoga, which is now he's like a rapist. It's pronounced Kundalingus. So exactly. So as I say, it's like it's not Kundalingus. I know what that means. That's when. Um, oh no, uh, that's after this session. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. When once you become friends with them, they start to bring you in deeper and deeper and deeper. I am your um, Deepaka Yoga instructor. It's Kundalingus. I mean Kundalini Yoga, hot <laughs> yoga. I'm gonna be very close to you in your psyche. You're right above it, but you're going down below when you say so. Sorry. Man. That's what happens when you take the yoga pants off. <laughs> yeah, I've had like full blown um, uh, AIDS. I've had, I had, I had a uh, ketamine. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's hilarious. I don't speak that fucking well, and I don't know that much information. Like, it's like a part no, of something here. Oh, come on. You know, you're I, I mean, uh, short. <laughs> I'm not, 
I'm not like uh, like one of those old. Um, um I broke in and high. Forgot what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I, I don't mean to. I don't mean to talk smack, but just to bad clarify, Neanderthals didn't turn into people. They were alive at the same time. Okay, well, you, I got my lips from them, so I don't want to upset <laughs> But uh, I have nothing fucking wrong with me, but in my teens and 20s, a little bit of a hypochondriac. So I've had, hey, Joe, I think you're a, uh, a meanie pants uh, dick bag, and you go, you're you a bullshit liar. This is going yeah. on the podcast. Don't fucking <laughs> say shit like that. No, but I never went, hey, fuck that fucking stupid fucking cliff because it's a stupid cliff and fuck it you know and then and then all of a sudden six months later i go you know what the coffee's better here and that's a pretty nice place you know like <laughs> I, never, you know, I never had enough time i never had enough time to do that 